It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. Grocery store workers across the country are on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic, and some are struggling with what that means for their health and the health of others. Today, we're sharing an audio diary of a grocery worker in Portland, Maine. She has that we don't name her store to protect her privacy. Here's Elizabeth Caldwell. In January, I took a job as a cashier in a grocery store. Hi. The job was supposed to be an easy way to earn extra money, and it was for a while. Today is Tuesday. I'm about to go to work. There are over 100 cases of coronavirus in Maine now where I live. Since the outbreak, things have changed in the store. First, the dining area closed. Then hot food went away altogether. Customers started to stock up on groceries, but in the early days they were apologetic, almost embarrassed. Then the heavy-duty buying began. Frozen vegetables went first, then canned goods, and of course, toilet paper. Now when I go to work, I never know what's going to happen. Okay, I'm about to drive by the store to park, and I'm interested to see if there's a line, because today is the first day that they're limiting the amount of people who can be in the store. But there's no line. I'm relieved. I'm relieved we finally have hand sanitizer at the registers, too. There are signs now reminding people to keep away from each other. A man in his 20s runs into the sign in front of my register and knocks it sideways. I don't know why this makes me angry. I don't even like the sign. But I tell the man to fix it. It was like that when I got here, he says. I wish I could complain about him, but I can't because the cashiers are spaced out too. This is probably for my own good. As I told a friend the other day, I haven't been great about remembering to keep back. I haven't been able to do social distancing. (laughs) Like, somebody will come up, and they try to pay with their card, and then you know how it doesn't work, and then they don't know what to press. And so I just lean over. My face is super close to their face, super close to this germ-ridden credit card thing. I just can't seem to stop. The best part about the job is seeing my coworkers, the ones who are still here anyway. The job is temporary, but I'll remember them in this situation for the rest of my life. Without any real conversation, the day drags until about 4 o'clock when the city announces a shelter-in-place order. So now there is a line outside. When customers thank me for working, I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't know how to respond. I'm not working out of the goodness of my heart. I'm working because I need money, and I'm not even earning that much of it. So when they thank me, it's embarrassing. So I'm back at home now, and 
The thing that's been going through my head is that I still have the same old boring job, ringing up groceries, um, but the circumstances are extraordinary. And I bet a lot of people feel like that right now. Life is so, so boring right now, but it also feels like total scary chaos at the same time. Elizabeth Caldwell works at a grocery store in Portland, Maine. Postal workers say they're not receiving the right training or supplies to protect themselves from the coronavirus. With just about 500,000 employees, the U.S. Postal Service is one of the country's largest employers. And as Sally Herships reports, workers, like letter carriers, are scared. They don't want to be carriers of another kind, unwittingly spreading the virus or catching it themselves. By now, we know. Social distance. Do not interact with others. Work from home if you can. But imagine your job requires you to do the opposite. You'd want to be prepared, right? The management isn't giving us gloves. They're not providing hand sanitizer, and there's no place on the street to wash our hands every so often. Beth works for the post office. She's a letter carrier in the Midwest. She says there are a lot of big apartment buildings on her route, so she sees a lot of people every day. People will just walk up to me and be like, yo, can I have my mail? Beth isn't her real name. We're not using it because she's afraid if she complains, she'll get disciplined and could even lose her job. But she's worried. Beth says the instructions she and her coworkers are getting aren't good enough. Wash your hands. And if you're sick, don't come to work. But she says that leads to another problem. In the Postal Service, basically, if you call in, like, more than three days in a row, you get a letter of warning. Beth says that unofficial policy could encourage sick workers to come in and spread the virus. But in an email to NPR, the Postal Service representative said the number of days an employee is absent has no direct correlation to discipline and that employee safety is its highest priority. Workers get flyers, videos, and talks all about the virus. But I heard from workers around the country, like Beth. They texted and called and emailed. One wrote, I spent most of last night crying before coming in because there are no precautions that can be taken and no one in the office seems to care. Let's see, how long does coronavirus last on paper with a top search? Christopher Gill teaches global health at Boston University School of Public Health. There is a lot of rumors flying, so I wanted to clear some up. So the first question I have is, can you get the coronavirus from paper? Probably, but I guess we would have to say we do not know. Gill says there's still a lot to learn about how long the virus can stay active on different surfaces. The latest evidence suggests it can remain viable on cardboard for up to 24 hours. But that information comes from a lab study, and real-world conditions might be different. What we can say is that, you know, the starting concentration of virus on a parcel, you know, in a post office is probably pretty low to start with, right? Because we're not like slobbering and licking all over our packages. The USPS says, according to the Surgeon General, the CDC and the World Health Organization, there's no evidence that COVID-19 is being spread through the mail. Still, Gill says, just to be safe, don't lick your envelopes. You should use some other method for doing that, to to avoid contaminating it with your saliva. Robert Maloney has been a letter carrier for 31 years. 
He loves his job, and he's proud of it. He feels safe at work. And he says his community depends on workers like him to deliver medicine and supplies. But he's torn. Yes, I want to have that pride. I want to go out and show the public we're going to get through this. But are we doing a disservice by carrying this virus around to more people? Maloney says his wife is a cancer survivor. God forbid he brings the virus home to her. The Postmaster General is allowing more executives to work from home. But as for other workers, the mail must get through. For NPR News, I'm Sally Herships. A record has been shattered. More than 3 million Americans filed for unemployment last week. That is five times worse than the last time the record was broken, which shows just how suddenly a staggering number of people are losing their jobs or income during the coronavirus pandemic. Many of those people are asking, what now? And here to help answer that question is NPR economics correspondent Chris Arnold. Hi, Chris. Hey, Ari. So this $2 trillion rescue package is expected to be passed by the House tomorrow. If that happens, who can qualify for unemployment benefits? Well, the Department of Labor is telling us that if you lose your job, obviously you qualify. But also if you've been quarantined and can't work, you qualify. If you can't work because you're taking care of a family member, you can collect benefits. And this is a very big deal that that self-employed contract workers, gig workers, they now too can qualify for benefits under this bill. That's also as part of that is this extra six hundred hours we've been hearing about for people that they'll get that too. And uh, so that's more than the three point three million people who have filed for unemployment. That's including people who can't file for unemployment. Correct. It'll be way beyond that. And you know, gig and contract workers have not been able to get unemployment, you know, ever because they're not considered real employees or full employees. Uh, so this is just a huge deal for millions of people, like you're saying, who can now get help if if they lose their income. So how is the system handling these millions of people all applying for unemployment at the same time? It's unprecedented numbers, and we've heard of systems crashing, people not being able to get through on the phone. What's going on? You could look at this as a glass half full, half empty situation. So, uh, right, system is is overwhelmed kind of understandably, and that's frustrating. I talked today to Victoria Lee Arger Medina. She lives in New York, and she and her husband are both freelancers. She works in photography. He does events. And they're making no income at all right now. Like they're telling they have three kids. They're like, don't drink full glasses of milk. You know, they're like rationing food because they're scared. And um, she was told to go ahead and apply for unemployment as a freelancer now. That sounds good. I did the application online yesterday. But then with that, you have to call in to complete the application. But when you call in, um, either the line is busy or when you get through, they say, Due to high call volume, nobody's here to accept your call, but you have to call within the week to activate your case. So I don't know if my application is even going to go through, you know, so that makes me nervous. So, you know, she's obviously feeling like, all right, I'll believe it when I see a check in my hand. But look, we should say that this system is not designed for this massive and sudden surge. And it's kind of astounding. I mean, you know, the the good news, if you want to call it that here, is that three million people more than that did manage to manage to file for for benefits just last week. States say they're staffing up. So, you know, the news is the, the advice is just just keep trying. Yeah. So if this drags on, even with unemployment benefits, people may not be able to pay some of their big expenses like their mortgage or their car payment. What can people do there? Right. And and just quickly, I mean, you know, banks and financial firms appear to be moving well here that, you know, many people can qualify now to skip payments on your mortgage and other kinds of loans. 
Some of this, the government's ordering. Some banks are just doing because it makes sense. We spoke to Holly O'Neill with Bank of America. We have assistance that includes refunds on fees, deferred payments, and at the same time, no negative credit bureau reporting. Um, And this is across our products, deposit accounts, credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, and small business loans. So that's a lot of different kinds of loans, but this is really important. You can't just stop paying your bills. That's going to mess up your credit score. You need to reach out. So let's say you're a homeowner. You got to call up the company that you write your check to every month and say, hey, help. I've lost my job. I need to skip some payments and get approved for a plan with any one of these lenders. And and for renters, we should say too, try calling your landlord and, and they might be able to work with you. Now, Chris, you cover personal finance for NPR, and this this may sound obvious, but I suppose it's also important advice that if your income has shrunk or you're not making any money, it's also good to look for ways to cut spending, right? Right. I mean, look, the thing is you want to get to the other side of this national crisis, national shutdown, as financially intact as possible. And um, I talked to Angelica Rico in Southern California. She's 25, and she lost her job as a digital marketing specialist. I kind of just went through everything that I normally get charged on my card and canceled it. So uh, Spotify, you know, canceling Amazon orders, uh, deferring my student loan and for food, basically a lot of pasta, a lot of uh, rice and beans. I have an Instapot, so I'm just I can live on rice and beans for a while. So, I mean, she's even canceling Spotify, which uh, her music subscription, I'm not sure if I'd be able to do that myself. But look, the idea is just trim all you can to get to the other side of this thing. There is a free Spotify plan. Thank you, NPR's Chris Arnold. Absolutely. Go with the free plan. Listen, I want to tell people this. Sports are not important in the big picture. Uh, Doctors, lawyers, engineers, teachers, fire and policemen, those are the most important jobs in the world. And obviously we see now doctors and nurses are really, really important and significant. We're up there with teachers. How severe is the shortage of protective gear facing healthcare workers? And what, if anything, is being done about it? Doctors and nurses across this country report a lack of basic equipment, most notably proper masks. NPR's Allison Aubrey has been speaking with some of those in hospitals, and she's on the line. Allison, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so the Trump administration says that more masks are being sent to the hardest hit areas like New York City and Washington State. They say production is ramping up. That sounds good. But are people seeing the difference in hospitals? Well, among the people I've spoken to, not yet. I spoke to one doctor, Shuhan He. He's an ER doc at Mass General. That's in Boston. And he says what he is seeing and hearing from others around the country is that there are not decent supplies of protective equipment. This includes masks, gowns, gloves. And given how contagious this virus is, healthcare workers cannot work safely without these protections. He told me that when he goes to work today, he does not know if he'll have the protection he needs. I'm staring at a N95 that I had for multiple shifts and to keep washing it over and over again. And so even though there may be PPE coming in the future, I'm concerned about the here and now. And frankly, it's a life or death situation for me, right? Okay, he says personal protective equipment. There may be personal protective equipment coming in the future, but he's he's referring to that N95 mask. That's the gold standard. That's what there's a shortage of. Is he having to wear the same mask over and over again, which is not the way they're supposed to be used? 
That's right. That's exactly what he's saying. This is not how it's supposed to work. Under normal circumstances, this could be considered a breach of protocol. So he has formed a group with other doctors and people in medicine who are on the front lines here in this pandemic. It's called Get Us PPE for Personal Protective Equipment. They are calling on the Trump administration to boost supplies. I also spoke to the president of the American Medical Association, Patrice Harris. She's calling on the Trump administration to activate the Defense Production Act, to mobilize business community, to manufacture more equipment. She says there is no question that demand is greater than supply at this moment. She says it's not just masks. It's also ventilators, testing supplies. She says this is urgent. It's one thing to to talk about doing the right thing, but the metric at the AMA is results. And when we see enough equipment and tests and ventilators actually on the ground, that's when uh, we will say, okay. But until then, we will uh, continue to raise the alarm. So she's saying, you know, enough, enough with the promises. Let's see action. I'll say yesterday, Attorney General Barr said the Justice Department will investigate cases of hoarding, of price gouging of scarce medical equipment. Although that just underlines that there really is a shortage here. Allison Aubrey, while I have you, I want to ask about another bit of news, a new reported symptom of COVID-19, a new way that people might be able to tell if they actually have this virus or not. What is it? The loss of smell or taste. That sounds kind of odd, right? Wow. Uh, Yeah, a leading group of ear, nose, and throat doctors says a lack of smell or taste should be added to the list of symptoms to screen for COVID-19. This group says loss of smell has been seen in patients that test positive for the virus. They point to anecdotal evidence from China and Europe. I spoke to one doctor in New Jersey who says in some cases this loss of smell or taste is the only symptom. Hmm. In other cases, it comes with some of the key symptoms of COVID-19, including fever, dry cough, shortness of breath. These ear, nose, and throat docs say people who suddenly lose their sense of smell or taste may warrant testing and self-isolation. Allison, thanks for the insights. Thank you very much. It's NPR's Allison Aubrey. Now, it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning, and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay, but we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane, and to be sure that all of the bags were checked, and to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully, and we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis, and some began to say the threats, or talk about the threats that were out, or what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. The happening right now garbage could be piling up across the city as sanitation workers 
are refusing to go to work. Some of them tell KDKA they're not being given enough protective gear as the coronavirus continues to spread in our area. Nicole Ford explains what the workers want to see changed. This parking lot packed this morning with men and women you typically see on those trucks. As the threat of the coronavirus grows, they have a list of demands for the city before they continue keeping our city clean. In a sea of yellow and orange. I say if we don't pick up your rubbish, what are you going to do with it? Emotions were high as dozens of sanitation workers for the city of Pittsburgh refused to go to work on Wednesday. We are risking our lives as well. We can be contaminated as well. They're saying keep social distance. It's too late for that. Deemed essential employees during the statewide shutdown, Sheldon White tells us the least the city could do is give the workers the protection needed to do their job. We want better equipment, protective gear. We have no mask. We want hazard pay. Their concerns over the spreading coronavirus continue to rise. Tom Foley says one worker's wife is now quarantined and they were never notified. And there's several people here that are diabetic, including myself. So if I catch this, I could die. Me too. And there's, there's a bunch of people. How many guys are diabetic here, man? As these workers wait for answers, they're looking to the mayor, who they say said the trash will always be picked up. After nearly two hours, the workers were sent home with pay as their union rep talks out where to go next. Let them do their job for us. A union rep tells us there will be no trash pickup in the city of Pittsburgh today, but we're still working to find out what that means for people at home who had a scheduled pickup for Wednesday. In the Strip District, Nicole Ford, KDK News context of white supremacy gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy so hmm wow so i'll share something with you <clears throat> 11 years context of white supremacy. So sometimes for the audio clips, I give myself a surprise. I don't listen to the audio clip. I will do the audio checks and everything to make sure that the sound works correctly. But that way I get to listen to it for the first time with you all. So it'll be a surprise for all of us, especially if it's something where I already know what the report is about like they'll have you know i don't know how many newspapers there are in the world but for let's take something like the chinese virus right so there are thousands of reports so i might not read every single one because there are lots of reports talking about this so for that last report that was my first time hearing it because i had heard several reports about the pittsburgh sanitation workers striking that was my first time hearing the sanitation worker at the end saying we're diabetic if we get this I'm going to die now that stood out to me more significantly because today in the uh, Times Picayune uh, paper down in uh, New Orleans Louisiana uh, Orleans County has the highest death rate per county by a wide margin like it is not close like not New York City 
not Seattle, like none of the places uh, that they talk about as being like, oh, my gosh, it's terrible uh, here for uh, the Chinese virus in the States. Like it is way worse, like no comparison in Orleans Parish uh, down in Louisiana. Uh, And so they were talking about this and they said specifically, this was from today. They said one factor that is almost certainly a contributor New Orleanians on balance are less healthy than other Americans with high rates of diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and other health conditions that can make one more apt to die from coronavirus. New Orleans the ongoing punishment. And that wasn't even the first thing. The first thing that caught my attention with that report is they said, this will define us for a generation. That's how bad they say it is down in new Orleans with all of this. That's what caught my attention with the sanitation workers saying weird. And it wasn't just I'm diabetic. I'm going to die. He turned around and what caught my attention with all of this was they showed the image of these sanitation workers in Pittsburgh and it was a lot of black people or certainly it looked like a whole lot of folks who would be classified as black who have a whole lot of melanin it does not look like they would be easily accepted as white diabetic he turned around and he said how many of you all are diabetic and it wasn't crickets it was me wow Wow. There is a reason we were plotting the cows counter racist yoga retreat in Toronto. Uh, I went out to get my ginger. I had an amazing smoothie today. I went out to get my ginger and it was almost all gone. I went to get fresh turmeric. I didn't even know what that was some time ago. I went to get fresh turmeric. It was all gone. Are you telling me that if you are eating Cheetos and McDonald's and all the rest, you are more susceptible to die from the Chinese virus? Is that what you're saying? Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me get even more vegetables. Let me get even more of the goodies. Woo. This is still neutralizing workplace racism. Context of white supremacy. Just that is stunning. They, that should have been the lead while people are going to the grocery store and buying all the toilet paper. Why isn't it? Well, hey, let me put these Cheetos that man. I went to the grocery store before they put us on. Uh, what is it? Shelter in place this week. I went to the grocery store and it was I thought it was laughable at the time. But hearing all this about, you know, pfft, Cheetos and everything makes you more susceptible to die from all of this. Man, it is not so funny. But there was what looked like a suspected racist. She was out in front of the Trader Joe's. And she seemed so helpless and so vulnerable and so weak and timid. And she called out to the Trader Joe clerk who was standing in front of the store. They had the social distancing line. And she said, do you, do you still have potato chips? (laughs) I just cracked up laughing like, dang, is it that serious? like for for potato chip but it is not funny now like 
wow, if the potato chips and everything is going to make you more likely to die from this, well then, hey, good. They So, yeah, we sold out all the potato chips. We got all the cauliflower and broccoli and greens and apples you want. But, yes, we sold out of all the potato chips. I'm so sorry. None of those. Whew. Context of white supremacy. Hopefully, we will be able to proceed with the retreats if it is that serious about what you eat man neutralizing workplace racism what was supposed to be the lead food so important we don't even talk about that they sit around and talk about nonsense and things that are easily in your control bam some idiot has been posting pictures about vegan food that he has been eating the whole time uh, on the uh, what they call lock corona lockdown and all the rest of it self quarantine anywho the lead was supposed to be man the sanitation workers that stood out to me originally because today is Friday March 27 2020 so I've been told now exactly one week from today would be April 3rd April 3, 1968 is the date Dr. King gave the speech that you just heard. We've got some difficult days ahead. Yes, we do. Evening before he was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. Why was he in Memphis, Tennessee? Black sanitation workers on strike for safer conditions. Wow. That was supposed to be the lead. Like, oh. I was I said that yesterday. I said, I hope they don't have signs that say, I hope I'm a man like, whoa, just doing the same thing. The system of white supremacy is just the same thing. Maybe you switch a little bit here and there, but same thing. System of racism, white supremacy, slightly different city, Pittsburgh, Memphis. Same thing that was supposed to lead. But the food stole my attention. Diabetics could die from this. Anyway, we've been talking about that with environmental racism. We've been talking about that. They put you in these environments with bad food and all these toxic chemicals, and then you end up with bad health, and then you end up with a weaker immune system to deal with the Chinese virus or anything else that should come down the pike. Anywho, neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, Man, what a week for neutralizing workplace racism. I could have added even more reports for neutralizing workplace racism there was so much to say um policy and procedure i am sure has been amended uh in workplaces around the globe uh in a variety of ways uh having to deal with working from home uh that might shift uh the it department it department might have to get involved with that and switching up you know what is the protocol for intranet use or computer use and laptop borrowing and all the rest of that Uh, paid sick leave sick leave office touching potluck dinners lots of things I suspect uh, have changed in the workplace Uh, safety man didn't we hear training even before we got to the lockdown on this program we talk about a lack of proper training all the time and what a consistent issue that is sometimes deliberately so where non-white people don't get adequate training the 
it was a lot of black sanitation workers in Pittsburgh. One of the other things that they said was we didn't even get training for this. Like, shouldn't it be a pause? I mean, if you got lockdowns happening around the world and you shorten the border down and all this, this is a national emergency. Shouldn't it be? Whoa. Let's make sure you are properly prepared to deal with this. I know we are going to replace you all with self-driving, you know, sanitation trucks in a matter of what time is it? Yeah. But until we get there, uh, we're going to have training so you all can be safe. Now, this is the. Yeah. What about that? Protective gears, they said. What about that? That was another one I was going to ask. How many people on your job have they switched it up? Do they have new protocols? Do you have gloves? Do they have ample uh, hand sanitizer, hand washing stations, all the rest of gloves, masks? I don't know, depending on your work environment. Are they handling all of this in a satisfactory manner? Does it does it seem like they value your safety? That's something else that I say on this program on a regular basis with emphasis in a system of racism, white supremacy, that is black self-respect. The black sanitation workers in Pittsburgh There's some white people there too, but I saw a lot of black faces saying, Hey, I have to take my safety as a number one priority because I know in a system of racism, my safety is going to be disregarded all the time. They disregard a lot of white people. safety. it was a lot of white people this past week saying, man, oh my, we don't have masks. We don't have hand sanitizer. You know, they got, closets of toilet paper but man we don't have new safety protocols for making sure that this thing doesn't get out of hand you have to be in charge of your safety uh, and making sure they are doing things that are correct I think we had a listener last week uh, who wrote in and said that he retired from a job because they were not providing adequate uh, protocol for what would be the best way to handle this what are we going to do if someone gets sick are you going to make sure that they stay home from work is it going to be like what they said with the postal uh, carriers uh, you know this sort of the way hey you call out three days COVID or no you know this is going in your personnel record you know is it going to be that sort of thing lots to discuss man oh man uh, this is not a broadcast for spectators if you have been impacted, man, share. Uh, if this has made you uh, adjust your counter-racist code uh, for the workplace in some way, share. Uh, if you have observations, uh, we had last week the tackiness still abounds. Hasn't that much changed? Uh, where people said they heard a number of racist or, yeah, I guess it would be racist jokes uh, about uh, the, the, the Chinese virus, COVID-19, and uh, people making light of all this. My my phone got the Rona and that sort of thing, <laughs> like just joking around and having a good time. I think caller in Florida said that a, a white man told a black fellow he was about to leave that I don't go out there. Get the get the Rona now. Watch yourself. You know, we're still just being tacky uh, like any other day on the plantation. So if you have made observations, notes, adjusted your code, noted a change to policy and procedure. Let us know. Six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Give out the number again, and uh, as always, the email until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail 
com. You can drop an email, uh, any updates, observations, suggestions. Uh, if you have concerns about being identified, want to make sure you can remain uh, anonymous. Uh, we can read your commentary, uh, whatever you have to share, and you can remain safe, unidentified. Until justice at gmail.com. The American Medical Association, their metric, that is one of the most logical things that I've heard. I'm going to use that moving forward. Thought of Dr. Welsing. Uh, she talked about her incident with the American Medical Association. They said, we're not about all that rhetoric, fancy talk, hot air, buckets of words. The metric of the AMA is results. I wrote that down exactly. I said, I'm going to, that that's going in my quote book. Going to be using that from now on. Any, uh, well-meaning white person, ride or die white person, as they say, Hey, the metric of the AMA is results. I think that is a lofty and acceptable standard to follow. The metric is results. They were talking about the uh, grocery store workers, uh, Mr. Fuller and others uh, that I heard. I just remembered it from last week when I uh, spoke with him and uh, he's man, grocery store workers. Woo, they are taken for granted. Like, wow, they are super underpaid. Uh, and I've heard a bit more of that this week with how much touching uh, you have to do and all the people that you come in contact with and you have to do all that touching of uh, money. I could easily see this being something that pushes along what they call cashless society because I have seen that as a suggestion, not using cash uh, to pay for things and even stores that uh, na- that did accept cash now do not accept cash. Uh, and even some stores saying that they would prefer to not take uh, cash. So I could see this being, you know, something that pushes that along anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, hazard pay. That was what Mr. Fuller said. There are a lot of uh, black uh, grocery store clerks uh, in the Seattle area, although there are not a whole lot of black people. I do see a lot of black grocery store clerks. Uh, and I would say yeah, that is an undervalued profession for sure. They should be getting like double time hazard pay. Uh, all of the personal protective equipment uh, that they want. Uh, I would want like, I was going to say, yeah, I would want like barrels of hand sanitizer to stand next to. I'd almost be bathing in it. as I'm taking the, the money from people. I'd want like uh hazmat suit, like what they had into like all of that. <laughs> like, that's the way I would be taking money at the register. Like, woo, forget all that. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, if you know, let us know uh, how your workplace has adjusted. Amazing times. Uh, let's see. Come on, I'll get in one email and then we'll get to folks uh, who dialed in uh, who have questions, observations to share. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Let's see. Maybe I'll have to wait. We'll wait and get the email down the road. Uh, let's see. Folks who dialed in, number again, 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, first few folks who dialed in with a hand up, you all have commentary to share. Line should be open. Proceed. 
Hi, guys. It's B from Toronto. Greetings, B in Toronto. Global problem. Uh, I know you all are dealing with this up there as well. Uh, what is the word? Yes. Um, greetings to you also, callers and listeners. Uh, so, effective yesterday, um, commencing at midnight yesterday, um, the Ontario government has implemented the Quarantine Act. Um, and what the Quarantine Act is, is for all those who have traveled abroad coming into Ontario, um, must legally self-isolate for 14 days. Um and uh, failure to do so will re- result in legal action. Um, however, I've been seeing reports that the virus, although the self-quarantine for 14 days has been standard, the virus um, continues to exist eight days after the 14-day uh, quarantine. So, um, uh, based on that new information, um, I'm now wondering, like, are people really supposed to be quarantined for 22 days as opposed to 14 um, because of this additional eight days where the virus is still present um, and uh, still can be uh, possibly contagious? So those are the reports I've been hearing. Um, uh, in terms of my report, uh, today was quite interesting. Um, today was my day off. However, I I went to the pharmacy, and there was a white couple that was uh, blocking the exit. Um, So I had asked them if they could move, and the white lady um, said, sure, and she was was about to to reach out and touch me, and I moved swiftly. And she goes, oh, I'm going to touch you, I'm going to touch you, and I just kept walking on, um, uh, definitely enforcing that social distancing. And then uh, today I was also followed by the police, which was quite interesting, too. Um, I had uh, parked my vehicle, and I was walking, and I I noticed that the police cruiser was right behind me. So I was walking, and I could hear, like, the the motor, and it it was moving slow. And when I stopped and I looked, then they stopped. Uh, but there was nothing exchanged, uh, no verbal exchange. So then I continued walking, and I noticed that they were then slowly driving, and then I stopped again, and then they stopped. And I was like, okay, this is very weird. Um, so then I went into the venue that I was to go into, and then they finally um, veered off. So uh, that that was just an, an odd situation. Um but um, definitely heightened my awareness. Uh, let's see. In terms of the work, um, uh, they allowed people to be sick coming into work. Um, I know that uh, Service Canada, they've shut down because employees refused to go to work, um, considering the nature of the, of the situation with the COVID-19 um, but uh, at the plantation where I'm at, uh, they allowed uh, the two people to continue working, uh, which was interesting. Um, so, uh, still just doing what I, I can, um, sending out more resumes to escape this plantation uh, as much as possible. Um, unfortunately, uh, the way that the situation is, it, it has slowed down. Um, 
to the ability to uh, to go out for other interviews. Um, I know that I had a phone interview today, and um, they're looking into video conferencing to to do the phone well to do the next step, which would have been a face to face. So it would be done through video conferencing. So I need to find out what software they're going to be using, applying the software onto onto my computer and ensuring that the mic is working so that it can be successful. So I'll, I'll find the particulars out on Monday. Um, not looking forward to the three-day uh, work day. So starting tomorrow to Monday, um, just going into a war zone yet again. Um, but uh, just uh, keeping as positive as possible and um, just doing the best I can to get off this special uh, presentation. And thank you, I leave the line. Much obliged, B, in Toronto. Wow. Yeah, they, I've heard so much conflicting information about how long the virus is active and all that, and they say they're, they are they are still learning. So, who knows uh, with the quarantine is it long enough or all of that outstanding we talked so much even before this about unwanted touching and being prepared for that so that you can you know do whatever you need to do if you need to be evasive you move back snatch away whatever be prepared uh, particularly now although I would hope um, there's less of that there shouldn't be um, yeah even from people that you know say they are super super close and you know your best buddy in the workplace there should not be a whole lot of that you know just coming to fondle you and grope on on you and all the rest of it so whoopee um yes i hope you are able to proceed with the uh exit strategy and get to a better position although i guess for a lot of folks that is majorly in flux with you know everything proceeding as it is but just trying to do uh do the best we can under the circumstances uh, much obliged to be in Toronto uh, let's see Again, you're breaking up oh. you're breaking up <clears throat> let's see am I still com- breaking up still breaking up yes you're still breaking up but in and out Let's see. Hang up and dial back in. I'll give it one more second if uh, still having problems today. Okay. Let's see. Am I coming in any better now? Oh, let's see. Maybe folks are not able to. Just making sure. Am I coming in okay? Y'all can hear me? Got B back as well. Not sure if B got disconnected. I had lots of trouble even dialing in today, so not surprised. Am I coming in okay? Can you all hear me? Yes, you're coming in loud and clear. It's B from Toronto. I dialed back in, but now I can hear you much better. Lovely, lovely. Thank you for your patience letting me know. Always appreciate an audio check. Uh, Let's see. Thankfully, we navigated all that. Can I be her? Yes, ma'am. Draftomania. Oh, I'm so sorry for interrupting you, um, Gus. Um, hi, B. I'm from, from Toronto. Um, 
thank you for taking my call, and um, and yeah, I'm glad you were able to uh, come back through here because um, you were starting to chop up there. Um, you was getting sounding really bad. Um, for me, um, my report is um, that you know I was telling you guys that they had uh, cut out hours. Um, well, what they ended up doing Wednesday. I didn't. I didn't have the opportunity to tell you what happened. I was telling you that um, I still was uh, I'm able to work, but what they ended up doing on Wednesday, they ended up um, like cutting out hours. Um, but you know, we would still be able to get uh, paid the same, our same, uh, you know, paycheck. But the hours would be limited because they did shut down the building. But um, one of the bad things, um, uh, something um, that happened is that um, one of the, um, someone on campus um, uh, was um, found to have um, had the virus. And, um, you know, a couple of us, we, you know, we were pretty upset because we were like, you know, why is this building still open? You know, um, they had closed down, you know, the other um, places um, that, um you know, that would be open to serve, um, you know, the people. Um, so what was the purpose of us still being open? And, um, you know, we were just, you know, a little, a little upset wondering why, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't shut down yet. So, um, then my boss, you know, she went and tried to uh, talk to someone, um, you know, that had of, you know, the big up top people to find out, you know, what was going on with them trying to close down the building because it was like basically nobody was even there. So it was really no reason for us to really have to have the place open. So um, then yesterday, because um, then I, well, I always got uh, uh, cut down again to like three days, like, no, it was like four hours. And then it got cut down to, um, we was going to be working like, uh, uh, they cut it down further where we was be working four hours, um, every other, um, day. So, but we would be switching off. Um, because I had been, uh, the last time I was in on Wednesday, I had worked a full day. That's what happened. I was working a full eight-hour day. Um, we got called into the office. He was going to cut our hours down to four hours. Um, so that's what happened. And then um, when I got home yesterday, I was listening to the news, and then I heard the forecast that said um, um, that we had an uh, it's an emergency stay at home. So, you know, um, where I live at, they're shutting everything down. Um, you know, they were telling us that, um, you know, the only people that had to go to work is, is mandatory workers because I'm a mandatory worker. So the mandatory workers would have to go to work. Um, but the non-mandatory wouldn't have to go to work. Um, they could work from home and still, you know, receive their, um, their paychecks. So... When they um, made the, um, uh, the forecast yesterday about the uh, emergency stay at home, you know, um, I, I was under the assumption that maybe, you know, we wouldn't have to go to work um, because um, we got a text from um, the manager, um, to, uh, the director saying that we weren't, you know, all, um, you know, that the building would be closed. So, you know, I was just hoping I didn't have to go to work or what have you. So then I found out that that was just an accident, um, that we, because we're mandatory workers, that we should go to work. So it was a big mix-up. So, 
Um, I got dressed earlier today to go to work because um, I didn't have to go to work until the afternoon. I got work, um, got dressed and was going to work, and as I was off to work, um, uh, I was told that I was called. Well, I, um, I ended up calling my um, supervisor because another um, uh, co-worker called me and told me that um, we didn't have to go to work today. So what they ended up doing, um, we got an um, email from the um, the uh, I guess he put the, the the guy that's over everybody um, in our department. Um, he um, emailed us and told us that um, he was going to be trying to cut the hours where it's almost like zero people coming in, even the mandatory people. So we got another um, schedule, and the schedule is um, only the workers only have to come in like once in the month of April. And we was, you know, hopefully, you know, if everything works out well and it, it should, um, we'll still be um, paid our regular pay. So that's the good thing. But the, like I said, the bad thing is, is that, um, you know, uh, someone, you know, there where I work at, and it hasn't gotten out into the news or whatever because I guess they had the ability to not allow that to get out because it hasn't been even stated on the news that, um, you know, someone um, right here um, was diagnosed with um, COVID, um, COVID-19. So, I mean, it was kind of putting us in a position where, you know, we were, you know, kind of, you know, not kind of, but are or would be at risk of catching something. So we were just happy that finally, um, you know, we were, um, and I'm like grateful that we're able to even still have the privilege of um, not coming in as much and still having the privilege, and which is a big privilege of um, still being able um, to collect the paycheck. So that's that's a blessing right there. So um, that's all I have. That's what I wanted to share about my workplace, um, you know, my workplace conditions during this time. Uh, if I could ask one quick question, uh, have they taken any sort of safety protocols? Like when you all come in for your reduced hour shifts, uh, do they have like sanitation uh, stations or uh, hand sanitizer, gloves, anything like that? Yes, sir. Yeah, we have... Um, a uh, uh, bunch of hand sanitizer. We have bunches of gloves. Um, you know, um, I have a mask, so I was able to like wear a mask. So yes, we definitely are geared up for. Um, you know, we have all types of sanitizer and things like that. So you know, it's not like you're put at um, you know, risk. You know, in that regard. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah, most definitely. As a matter of fact, they were um, pushing for. Um, you know, telling us that we make sure we wear gloves everywhere we go and sanitize and, you know, things like that. And stay enforcing the six-feet um, rule, we were doing that also. So, you know, that that was, like, a great thing because, you know, there was other businesses in the building that didn't want to close. And that was one of the things that was kind of, like, keeping us open. Um but then, you know, they were able to get those businesses to close. So then, you know, then, you know, we were still like kind of, kind of so especially when we found out, you know, um, what I just told you about someone being um, contracting the um, virus. You know, of course, you know, you can imagine like we were very concerned after that, you know. So, you know, um, like you know, just just putting ourselves in, in the, um, basically like in the trenches right up there. In, in the, you know, in the trenches out there, able, you know, to be able to, you know, catch, catch anything. So, you know, um, 
yeah, that that was kind of, you know, kind of scary, I must say. And just listening to the reports that you were just um, discussing, it was really scary. Like, I was thinking, like, you know, it's just really getting bad out here, so... Um, you know, some people are just taking it lightly, like, you know, um, you know, I don't have it. Like, I don't know what you have. Like, oh, you know, I don't, you know, it's nothing like, I don't know you. So, you know, and then I went to the store earlier today and some guy was coughing and I got pissed off. Like, I was like, you know, he's coughing. He's not even covering his mouth up. So like little things like that, you know, when you start to see stuff like that, it, it'll bother you. Like I was always bothered by little things like that, but now it's not a little thing. It's a big thing now. So. You know, I just wish people would be more considerate and take this thing serious when it comes down to how this thing can spread. So, yeah. Taking it serious. That has been major uh, conversation. Uh, taking things seriously. Um, having someone test positive, though, that's that's a pretty major. That goes back uh, to what being Toronto was saying, though, about, you know, it's been so much contradictory information. How long does it last? And, you know, how long should you be quarantined? Like I said, the procedure in some areas has been if one person uh, like at a business or something, office, whatever it is, if one person there tests uh, positive for this, then we're going to quarantine everyone, you know, maybe for 14 days or whatever mm-hmm. to see. You just to make sure, make sure that this doesn't become a vector, as they say. Um, in other places, it's kind of, oh, yeah, by the way, Ted, pest, Ted tested positive, uh, and uh, we're going to wish him the best. We'll send around a collection. Back to work. You got extra hand sense. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, uh, man, shouldn't it? I mean, that's what I said. You have to take your safety. You have to be most responsible uh, for making sure that you're getting accurate, concealing information. We talk about that all the time, like how how quickly they know this. How quickly does this get relayed? Are they relaying this as though they are taking this seriously? Like all of that is something to weigh. And again, you have to be most responsible uh, for your safety in the workplace. Uh, Job is not worth your safety. That's easier to say than to implement. But I mean, man. I have seen people who are in unsafe work conditions. I have been in unsafe work conditions like, man, you do not want to be in one of those and have something go bad, go wrong. Like whether it's this or anything else related, like man, safety in the workplace and not putting yourself in harm's way is super important. So make sure you're in charge of that. And sometimes that can just be asking questions uh, to get, you know, things mm-hmm. properly addressed. Uh, have you all or what safety measures are you all taking to make sure that Ted did not contaminate anyone else at the facility? That might be a question to ask right. and, you know, see what because but um well the way we were able to find out about this was because they did they sent out an email you know and they let you know let us know informed us through email that um someone did have it um you know on the campus but the thing is that because of HIPAA compliance um, laws they did not tell us who you know they didn't you know tell us who it was where they worked at. So we don't know if this person was in contact with the building, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there because even if, um, 
that individual wasn't in contact, if that individual was in contact with somebody else, they could have, you know, you know how it spread. They could just, they could deal with somebody else and then that person can catch it and they can bring it over to, you know, the building. So it doesn't have to be um, direct. It can be just, you know, through somebody else. So, you know, we, that part of the, um, uh, the, uh, this, uh, you know, the whole scenario, we didn't know about the whole, um, who it was, where they worked at. We don't know if it was an employee or who, you know, if it was somebody else on campus, we just didn't, you know, we just didn't know. So, you know, that right there was like, you know, makes you like apprehensive, like, you know, I don't want to be in this place. And like, you know, and they're still not saying like at that point, they still wasn't even telling us about like that we could go home. They still wasn't even telling us that we, that we weren't going to be working. We still would have been um, coming into work like, you know, a couple of days a week or what have you, even with knowing that this has, has happened. So just like you said, most places you would have thought that um, they would have just automatically called down the place quarantine, like, oh, everybody just don't come in. But, nope, they didn't do that. So I was kind of feeling some kind of way, like, you know, like, you know, kind of feeling like they don't care. Like, what is it that, you know, you're still keeping this place open? And even, like, the manager, she was, like, a little, you know, uh, perturbed about the whole situation. Like, why are they still open? Like, what is it? Like, so, you know, it, that, that was just kind of crazy to me. So it just seems like they just, you know, they were just more concerned about what they were concerned about. And kind of like, you know, we were, like, at the last. But, I'm, like I said, I'm grateful that we're still able to, you know, um, I feel fortunate that I'm still able to, um, you know, collect the paycheck and um, just to have some, you know, have a job. And I'm grateful for that. But still, like you said, your health, you, if you don't have your health, you can't work. So that doesn't make a difference anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, it is not worth a whole lot to get a billion dollars and then you are not healthy enough to enjoy it or here long enough to enjoy it. Uh, are you, is where you work at? Is it, is it classified as an essential business? I'm just curious. You don't have to identify. Um, I would say so. Um, it is because like I said, I'm mandatory. So, um, yeah, like, um, like the the non-mandatory people wouldn't have like, even though like uh, the other people were able to leave, you know, the campus and things like that, but we still was, is, are, are considered uh, essential workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, okay. uh, yeah, so like I said, now that I, yeah, I only have to work one day next month, so, you know, um, that's that's good. Like, I, I had like the whole rest of the month off, so now the thing is to try to keep myself, you know, my frame of mind and, you know, even with this lockdown, trying to like still do constructive things like, you know, um, Thank God you can still go out and, like, go for a walk and things like that because I'm going to have to do that just to get out and get some exercise. And, you know, I've been starting to do some yoga and, you know, so, yeah, just doing things like that because I like to, you know, I'm the type of person I like to get out and get air and, and I just want to just stay just trapped up in one spot. So that's the thing I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Good for the lungs. Get out, get that fresh uh fresh air if you can uh not staying cooped up in the house all day long but yeah that is uh man the workplace situations just try to try to be informed uh ask 
questions if you're at one of those work environments where you're mandatory where it looks like even if they reduce your hours and that's certainly you can be grateful for that if they allow you to be at reduced hours and you still get your regular uh, income or if they shut the whole place down and you still get your regular income because I've seen where that's happened uh, for a number of people Mm -hmm. as well grant you can be appreciative of that Uh, use that you know time uh, as well as you can do some exercise do some cooking get outside if you have offspring man oh man hoorah hoorah kick it every day Um, you can do some risk lots of things just find ways of of using your time constructively get outside a little bit too Um, but yeah like you could be appreciative of all that but if the the limited times where you have to be at work man safety i would have my own safety protocol i'd be super observant uh and then just observant of how other people are you know conducting themselves around me and like you were talking about being out and about and people are just coughing and all of that like yeah i would be real mindful i think given the circumstances uh in this environment uh, i think in a workplace it is acceptable if somebody is doing that sort of thing to say something uh Excuse me, let's, you know, make sure we cover our mouths. Public safety. Uh, We've got a pandemic nationally, global emergency really uh, happening here. Uh, You know, let's make sure you're looking out for everyone's well-being and safety, health, cover. And they say do the uh, your elbow, not your hands. Uh, And then go wash your hands afterwards, too. Like (laughs) get the air and get some of that Purell, too. Um, You know, I I think it's totally acceptable uh, to say that under these circumstances. People might say you were being rude or whatever, but I think now it'd be like the human resources and everybody would be, yep, that's right. Do what you said. Draftomania is right. Uh, Here's the Purell. Uh, Cover up and, and, you know, you might even need to go home, uh, whatever. If you, you know, got some sort of repetitive thing, but at minimum, yeah, cover up and all that. Shouldn't have to be dealing with that in the workplace. Uh, Much obliged, Mm -hmm. uh, Draftomania. Uh, other folk, I'll give out the number again. Yes, ma'am. 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Can I be heard? Greetings, retired firefighter. Greetings, Gus. Greetings to everyone. Uh, when I think about uh, the fire department, uh, I think about, uh, first of all, contamination, uh, which is a normal uh, circumstance with, uh, that goes along with the job itself, uh, exposure. But uh, I would say with this, pandemic, uh, it is that normal exposure time 300. Uh, from the standpoint uh, of uh, now, it's going to, it will require a lot more uh, personal gear. Uh, I don't know how they uh, have the distancing Inside the firehouse itself, I don't know how that. I don't know how that's going to be. How they accomplish that? I don't have any contact with uh, anyone who is uh, still uh, employed. Uh, most of most of the people that I uh, I'm in contact with have uh, retired and been retired for at least a decade. 
uh, and I really don't, you know, uh, have paid any direct attention to uh, the job itself, other than, you know, there's some things about it that you know that have not changed, and, and that is, like I said, to start it off with exposure to uh, diseases and different things that uh, people or an environment would have. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have some sort of uh, moderation uh, to whereas uh, maybe with a reduced number of people who have contact with with a uh, patient or patients uh, as they normally would, uh, it would be just about everybody, uh, probably except for the drivers on the fire truck. Uh, but uh, now it's probably, because a lot of the calls, a lot of the calls that you get on a daily basis are not really technically emergency calls. Yes, I understand the public, anything in their minds may be identified as an emergency. Uh, uh but uh, in a lot of cases, uh, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, it's a lot of cases where it wasn't emergency in the first place. I don't know, maybe dispatch probably uh, uh, talks to the person over the phone and uh, convince them, uh, you know, at this particular point in time, you know, to go to, uh, go to the doctor yourself, go to your doctor or, or go to one of those, uh, I forgot the name of those facilities now that they have all over the place. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and I said all of that to say that under the global system of racial white supremacy, and in this case, the practice thereof on that particular profession, it would probably uh, ex- uh, elevate it even more. I would say it probably elevated even more uh, uh, with uh, tension uh, is concerned. Uh, but uh, glad I'm not there. Another, another report that I have is that uh, there has been some talk about asking asking retirees to uh, show back up to work. Now, how that's going to, how that will be done, I do not know. First of all, because I'm not even interested. Uh, I I would have in mind. Then again, they probably wouldn't call me anyway. I I, I wouldn't be called. Uh, Mr. Clark wouldn't be called, <laughs> or and the several other people that I know wouldn't be called for for uh, uh, the reason of of our, what we were doing during those twenty five to thirty years that we were. Uh, at the job, probably would be nowhere on the list, let alone talking about near the top of the list. Uh, but I did hear some rumors about it with the city of Miami Fire Department. I haven't heard it yet with Miami-Dade County Fire Department, which is the larger of the two. Um, but, uh, you know, as you, when you really look at, look at it, uh, as far as the technology of the job itself, you're better off going to a fire as opposed to the uh, medical calls, what we call rescue calls. You're better off going to a fire because, I mean, you know, a fire, you know, it's hard for 
any type of the disease to survive in a in a real fire and as far as that concerned. But uh things will be complicated, you know, with the bungalow gear that you have on, that that's that heavy stuff when you go into a fire. Or going to a medical call, you know, I'm, I gotta imagine they have on all kinds of stuff. It looks like some, like, uh, the same things you probably see on the, uh, the news where the people who are, who are the medical, uh, uh, people who are in contact with people testing them and that sort of thing, they probably have on those things. And I would, I would think that with that, it would be a reduced number of people would, who would actually have to be in close contact. So it would be like a uh, a stage type of thing where this person would make contact with the uh, the patient. Uh, maybe some other, the officer would be somewhere in a distance writing down the report, you know, so on and so forth. You know, that sort of thing. But, uh, to make a long story short, uh, I would say it complicates things, uh, you know, times 300. Uh, the only other, the, the Facebook that I was, that I spoke about maybe a month ago, that when I, uh, uh, just asked the question about, uh, hiring, when I asked the question about, uh, hiring and, and, and my, my report was, hiring non-white black people uh, at, at, a, at, at the rate that it's supposed to be. And that, that particular report was immediately taken off of that website, although the website was being ran by, quote-unquote, uh, non-white black female firefighters. Uh, but, um, but they probably don't have control of it, more than likely. And uh, so that was taken off that report. Was, so I know anything, anything of anything close to uh, me asking someone on that Facebook account, it would not be, it would not be uh, answered at all. And uh, that's my report. Thank you. Much obliged, uh, retired firefighter. Uh, when you were talking about uh, the contamination and the working at the fire department under typical circumstances, not Corona related, uh, I was reminded of the report where they said they had to make public service announcements at the fire departments, plural, uh, to request that firefighters refrain from urinating on each other's equipment and beverages. <laughs> now, if that's under normal circumstances, like, man, we have lost all chances uh, for stopping this virus i mean social distancing we can cancel all that like uh we we have to beg like please keep your bodily fluids penis to yourself uh please we we have a pandemic please uh your urine should not be in the refrigerator or close to where we keep our beverages uh please that's under normal everything would be complicated Right. Everything would be complicated. Like you just reminded me about eating, the refrigerator, uh, 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 the, the, you know, and, and the, the bigger the firehouse, the more, the more, the reason why the firehouse is bigger than some others is because it has more personnel, such as MIA, Miami, Miami International Airport. 
it, it, it's you know the the fire stations are much larger because of, because of the vehicles, the big foam trucks that you may see, you know, as the, your plane is taxiing around, you know, uh, you see these big foam trucks. But then again, you know, that, that's those particular fire stations have somewhere in the vicinity of, of fifteen to twenty people, you know, and uh, so it's a, that's yeah, you know, that's a lot of people, and, and to have distancing. You know, I, 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 I just say, I just say this. I'm glad I'm sitting on this couch right here in this place that I'm allowed to stay in, as opposed to being in that type of environment. You know, although, and then again, one good thing about them is that they don't go outside of the airport. They stay inside the airport, and from what I've heard, uh, airport traffic is at all the time low. So it's probably, you know. Uh, it's still complicated, but it's probably not as complicated as it normally would be, you know, there. But uh, there are some other places where, you know, the fire station is pretty small. The fire station is pretty small. Uh, then you're going on all those calls. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the call load now is like times 300. Time, I call, uh, 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 do you have an emergency? Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I coughed. You know that's you know that that becomes an emergency now, you know as far as that's concerned. So I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do to uh, get through 24 hours uh, in in the most efficient way as possible. I do not know at all. There's no means for me to, like I said, that Facebook account. I'm I'm pretty sure if I was taken off just by asking a reasonable question or whether or not the fire department is, is hiring black people at, at the rate it's supposed to be, uh, and that got taken off, I know anything else that I put on there would not be responded to at all. That's my report. Context of white supremacy. Uh, that seems super logical. I was thinking about that because they said, I know when I did my CPR training, um, towards the end of last year uh, they said that that's a lot of the emergency calls it's not you know to go not to go chase down the raping Bill Cosby or something it, you know it'll be medical uh, related type thing especially now you got all the well previously you had all these overdoses uh, and I'm sure you still got some of that going on uh, probably quite a bit of that going on with all these people sitting around in their houses I actually read an article about that yes sir they said that today they said you probably got quite a bit of that with people sitting around by themselves isolated and uh, services being shut down for people that are uh, in recovery as they say uh, but as people are sitting around you have medical calls so yeah that man like I don't know how I would I would not be excited. Put it that way. Somebody called up and said, oh, I've been uh, coughing or I coughed at all. I coughed one time and I'd like you to come over and check, see if I'm all right. Like, I would not be enthusiastic uh, about that. one. Like, are you sure? It's no cat in the tree, no fire. Like, oof. get hazmat. I told you that's what it be. Get my hazmat suit on. And even then I would not be excited about it. Like, man, this is not what my vision was for being a firefighter. Uh, if I retired, cause I saw that too. And it was, I think nurses, some medical, uh, healthcare workers, they were talking about that, bringing some of the folks who recently retired, bringing them, bringing them back into the fold to help with the workload. Like if I am, uh, technically speaking, the drivers just sit there in the truck <laughs> once the, once the unit takes an arrival and, uh, 
the other guys would have to go in there, of course the officers would have to come in there to make a report, that sort of thing, and the, and the other two tailboard guys, they would, you know, they would have to go in and, and address the uh, the situation, whatever it is. And just imagine that with this pandemic on top of it. I mean, it's like, it, there's so many scenarios, there's, two, there's so many scenarios that I can come up with that, that it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll make you sick. It'll make you sick from what those guys would have to go through. And then, like I said, co- complicated with the, the quote-unquote normalcy of the practice of racism and white supremacy right in that power station <laughs> on, a di- on a daily shift basis on top of it. Glad I'm not there. Would, would be, would be by, uh, <laughs> yes. Lots of yes, phone troubles today, but that was what I was saying when I got disconnected. If I was retired, <laughs> glad I made it out. No, thank you. Not coming back. I'm good. I <laughs> think y'all got it. I got my gold watch. Yes, we sir. had a retirement party. I got the pictures. I'm good. Thank you. Y'all, y'all, y'all got it though. Hang in there. <laughs> Hang in there. I got all the moral support in the world for you. Hang in there. Uh, I would I would give them I will possibly give them one deal though I would say well if you if you accept and train my offspring train my offspring uh, to it then I may, I may consider I may consider that you know if if he would want to to take the job he can take the job in itself but uh, I definitely wouldn't be. The uh, even somebody asked me something like that. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to uh, go back there for anything. No, that's it. Well, well understood. Red in Ohio, yes, ma'am. Um, just quickly about something that um, you both were talking about with the opioid addicts. Um, I was watching the news and. There was one segment, um, and it was actually discussing how these opioid addicts were supposed to be uh, faring throughout this whole uh, shelter in place. And it was basically they were interviewing um, none of the people they were on camera because they wanted to remain anonymous, but uh, they were interviewing, uh, I think it was like one non-white person and then a white person um, and basically talking about the resources, at least like online or over the phone, um, that they will be able to uh, gain access to. So still always have to keep those opioid addicts in mind, even in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, so with the workplace, the plantation where I currently am, they have been uh, in, enacting different um, policies to be in uh, in compliance with the social distancing order and one of them is like moving people uh, farther away from each other and of course I was one of the lucky ones who had to move Um, and they've also put up signs Constantly reminding people, you know, wash your hands, how long you're supposed to wash your hands. And this is actually, they've actually had these signs up for a couple of weeks. So even before this came about, and I was thinking, why do you need to remind people to wash your hands? And I, I've i seen in different places, especially, I mean, really only restaurants, um, 
where there's like the signs to say, okay, well, our employees, they have to wash their hands for so long, but um, it's not a restaurant, don't do any food handling. So I at first thought that was kind of odd. So I feel like white they do subliminally um, show everyone, including victims, that they have more information that they um, overtly let on to. But there's that. There's different um, sanitizing stations, uh, hand sanitizer stations around uh, the the workplace. Um, I did ask about possibly working from home, and that was that was not um, something that the they said that uh, the white people in charge said that they could not do. And they gave, like, at this time, I hate it when people add, you know, at this time. It's basically just a no. It's it's not, you know, it's not going to change no matter what time it is. Uh, but that leads me to the question that I have. So the the white woman who was trained me, she, she keeps kind of pushing me to ask the other white people in charge to see if I can work from home. And I'm definitely very suspicious of why it's such a concern for her. And even, like, she had, um, like, it was one of, like, sometime this week, she had made reference, or she had told me, well, you know, I've been really thinking about it, and given your living situation, you know, and there's, you know, people around you who could really get sick from this, and I would feel so terrible if something happened to them. I really feel like you should really tell them you need to go home. There have been other people who have gone home who really didn't need to go home. And I'm like, and I'm really concerned about why she keeps pushing this. Now, I I would, you know, of course, like to go home, but the, the work from home. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, with so many different people getting laid off and and, and or fired, I don't want to kind of put that much attention on myself. If they said no, I already told them about my living, my living situation. They still said no. Obviously, they don't care. Um, there's also been mention of me maybe, you know, getting like a doctor's note or something like that, and maybe that'll change their mind. I just don't know what her intentions are. So I guess, um, I guess the question is, should I, you know, <laughs> should I assume that this white woman is just trying to give me helpful information, which I'm very leery of that, or should I just, you know, stick with what I'm doing and just, you know, just making sure to protect myself and, you know, people I live with as much as possible. I, when I get in the house, I wash my hands, wash my face. Um, I'm actually thinking about maybe even, like, um, you know, changing clothes at the door, just having some clothes, like, right by the door if it's, you know, supposed to be this serious. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the other, um, the other, I guess, observation is it's it's odd how with the coronavirus and how, like, people are not able to go out to restaurants and, you know, they're still ordering and stuff like that. And that's something that I'm still seeing people around the plantation do. And it seems like it's not just, and all I've heard consistently, consistently that, that black people aren't taking it serious, but I feel like white people aren't taking it serious either because I still see them ordering out. And even like with, you know, 
black people who are in charge at the plantation, they are still, you know, catering food and things like that. And I've noticed that they typically, when they cater food, how white people look out for each other, they're catering or they're um, doing business with other white businesses. So uh, I thought that was interesting as well. And I'll meet my line. Thank you. Much obliged, Red in Ohio. That was one thing that I, I thought it would be interesting to observe, like the takeout and all, if that continues. Uh, I, I'll i say the same thing I said when I posted and shared some of my earlier observations, because it's true. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not qualified to give medical recommendations. I can follow logic, or at least I attempt to. Uh, if I was really concerned, about getting a virus that might kill me I might chill on the DoorDash Uber Eats takeout uh, I might be trying to minimize how many people are fondling my food like I know folks were talking about I was seeing other people some people were joking some people were serious uh, about washing all of their groceries uh, when they get home like washing all their produce and anything uh, cooking oil, anything that they got from the groceries. Like I'm scrubbing it all. Uh, when I get home, I don't want any germs. Um, at minimum, anything that you get from a restaurant, people have touched that because people, you know, they got to go through wholesale and all that. So people that touched all the stuff to get it there. And then all the people that touched it to prepare the food. And sometimes you got multiple uh, cooks uh, at a restaurant at an establishment. So it might be multiple people participated in preparing that meal that you're going to eat. And then, another person had to step in and grab the box or bag or container or whatever it is and get it to you. I mean, I guess they could have like a pole and all the rest of it and gloves to grab the box or bag or whatever it is and, you know, bring it to you. But I mean, and leave it at the door because they talked about that too. But I mean, man, maybe they do all that stuff. not even going to give the rest. We already had talked a lot about eating out and the hazards of white supremacy, racism, Anyway, uh, I just I would be trying to greatly minimize how many hands were going to be touching my food. Uh, Let's wait until uh, all this is settled before we get back to eating out like crazy. And this is from someone who didn't do a lot of eating out anyway. So I think I have been saying that's one thing we can do. Economics, whole lot of reasons. Minimize eating out Uh, in terms of getting in from work, because that's probably one of the few things that we'd be doing coming in. I talked to. Dr. Niana Rasayan, uh, he's been a guest on the program uh, many, 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 many times over the years. And I spoke to him about all of this. And he said his procedure protocol, if you will, code uh, as he comes in the house, he takes off his shoes. That would be the case anyway. That is the case for me anyway and has been for a long time. Uh, it's been my experience that that is more so a West Coast thing. I didn't really start seeing that where it was like a pretty much every house uh, people take off their shoes until I got to the West Coast, but I'm sure people do it on the East Coast too. Uh, But take off your shoes, uh, that that can be good because, I mean, you go, think of all the places that you go to when you're out and about, you know. Uh, So take off your shoes. Um, uh, He actually said exactly what Red in Ohio said. He said he actually does that. He takes off uh, his clothes right there at the entrance and bam, he has a total different set of clothes that he has uh for the house and things uh so that you know all of that and i mean that's a lot of like 
energy and, you know, potential virus, all the rest of it. But I am big time about the shoes. And I've heard that from other uh, places uh, where they've said the shoes is huge. Uh, like if you're out and about, uh, even if you're by yourself, if you're not about if you're not around other people, if you're just out by yourself briefly, then it's not such a big deal about the clothes. But the shoes take off your shoes uh, when you get in the house that that is great one uh, to make sure you're not spreading things unnecessarily and it just helps to keep from tracking dirt unnecessarily uh, in the house uh, so I'd be big about that and um, yeah maybe even shedding a few layers of the clothes right there drop that and you know go wash up sanitize all the rest of it um, white people are still going to practice racism white supremacy so uh, I would because there was a, a question about this white woman. I would trust your instincts. Number one, you've been around her for more time than any of us has. So whatever your instincts are telling you about her, I would say follow that. That said, generally speaking, I am suspicious of like meddling white women, meddling white people, period, really. Uh, where, oh, man, I'm just so concerned about you. All red. I'm just so worried. You need to work from we we're going to think of a plan so you can work from now. If they had shown a pattern of being sincere and all the rest of it. okay. I might even listen to say if she has, you know, some logical ideas about this. Maybe she knows something about FMLA that I don't know. Maybe she knows something about policy procedure that I don't know. That could be the case. But I mean, if it's just meddling and all the rest of it and, you know, wasting time, I've said before, white people have the ability to get problems solved efficiently this should not be something that you know we have to go in and rumor and fiddle and hand <laughs> like when they are serious about getting things done we have seen what that looks like uh, over the past few weeks bam things start to happen they could do that if they really wanted me to work from home so uh, I would not put uh, a whole lot of, I would be suspicious that's just me my, my tendency in general uh, the helping white person when you haven't even asked for help, the helping white person, the meddling white person. Oh, man, <laughs> like a red flag. Generally speaking, I would listen in case they have something constructed to say, but I would not have my hopes up. And in fact, would kind of be uh, given a side eye glance. Like, what is this heifer up to? No name calling. But that's kind of what I'd be thinking. Like, what is she up to? What is she doing? She's plotting something like uh, she might even just be looking to violate social distancing. I don't know. Like I would be uh, I definitely have my vigilance high um, and, you know, see where it goes. But, yeah, if, if they wanted you to work from home, they could, you know, remedy that. No problem. It wouldn't be you have to go and explain this and get 50 doctor's notes and we'll talk to someone. And maybe if President Obama vouches. For, come on. Come on. Uh, let's see. Much obliged for in Ohio. If other folks have thoughts about this, uh, if I say meddling, I'm kind of pre- I guess I already did prejudice it because I gave my view. But uh, use your brain computer. If you have thoughts about this white woman who says that she's I'm just here to help. <laughs> let's see if we can get you working from home. If you have thoughts about how you would deal with that situation or if you have your own situation, uh, the number six zero five three one three five one six four the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh before i hear from some of the other folks who dialed in i just want to say that in terms of not taking it serious that has been pretty regular 
Uh, there have been a number of accusations that white people are not taking this serious. That's why the governor and all, they enacted the uh, shelter in place. That's what it's called, trying to get the correct term. Shelter in place. That's why that was enacted, because they felt people were not taking this seriously. Out hanging about, going to the park in large groups, not even like a one person isolation type thing, but large groups going and hanging out at the park and, and all the rest of it, which I did see multiple times. Lots of folks, even Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the UK was going around uh, and he was just bragging. It was like 10 days ago. He was just it was boasting basically that ah, the, the UK is not or London is not shutting down. England is not shutting down. We're not doing all that and blah, blah, blah. They didn't uh, go lockdown measures. You would they were still going to the bars in mass numbers. They had reports on the BBC. White people were going to the pub in mass numbers. Got to get that pint in white people and alcohol worldwide. And then a week they didn't shut things down there until last Saturday a week later they said today Boris Johnson he he got a teaspoon of the Rona not taking it seriously Uh, other folks uh, if you are with us if you have commentary to share proceed yeah can I be heard caller in New Jersey yes sir how you doing? This is Vincent from New Jersey. I just called to give my report. <laughs> so, uh, my place of employment did practice social distancing. Distancing. Um, there was only uh, I drive trucks. So um, once we got done with our day, once we backed in, um, there was only two drivers allowed to be on the uh, platform to unload your truck. Um, if uh, you get just two allowed, uh, when you turn in your paperwork, there was only two allowed in the uh, control room where we turned in, you know, money received, uh, paperwork. And if uh, you were done unloading your truck, if there were two um, drivers in the control room, then it was um, the policy was that you had to wait outside in your truck. Um, they kept hand sanitizer. Uh, they kept soap. Um, you know, they kept that in abundance. Um, but however, you know, when you go to uh, New York City, who is a large um, customer uh, base, unmuted. New York City, you know, you just you had to. You know, you're out there at your own discretion. So, you know, whatever hand sanitizers that you can bring and put on the truck, uh, you can do that. You know, face masks, uh, whatever. But New York City shut down. Some business was slow. So um, they had a small business, so they had to shut down. So um, they let us finish out the week. Um, so the last uh, Friday, uh, the owner is was out. Him and his wife, who also is HR, um, they was on vacation. So you know, towards the end of the day, we all the driver that was you know um, on route because out of a fleet of thirteen trucks, um, only three trucks was leaving out. So they now they started to either ask drivers to stay home with pay and they would pair drivers together to go out on combined routes 
So, you know, so uh, last Friday, you know, the owner let us know, you know, how sorry he was, you know, but he's not going to intervene with any unemployment benefits. So, you know, and that um, what things pick up, you know, he'll, he'll definitely uh, uh, call, us, call us back. So um, my personal opinion, I am very, very um, pleased to not be having to go out um, to New York City during this uh, pandemic. You know, um, my experience with um, unemployment, it has been a disaster because in New Jersey, all state um, offices, whether motor vehicle, unemployment, all of these places are shut down. So now you have to uh, either go on the internet or call. Um, it is impossible to get in contact with any um, unemployment um, operators. So you have to go on the internet, which I did. Unfortunately, I've been working for a long period of time, so I get the max unemployment. Um, which may last for six months in New Jersey. I'm not sure uh, in the other states. But unfortunately, a friend of mine who moved to Florida used to work for the unemployment office, and uh, she also still had friends there. She helped me out. A uh, black female to the rescue. <laughs> black female to the rescue. Black females are always there. Uh, in my life uh, when I need them. Um, my sister is a nurse. Uh, she had to protest because she was, I'm not going to name the facility, but she was a nurse in Philadelphia, and they had her, they had the, uh, the nurses there reusing the face mask. Um, after a while, my sister and other co-workers refused to work. And um, their protests um, were heard, and the facility provided them with masks. But up until then, they had to reuse masks. You know, um, I have another cousin. He so the whole black people can't get the corona. <laughs> you know, from from my report or from what I've heard, that is not true. My young cousin also works in a hospital, and it seems like the most dangerous place she can be right now, whether sick or healthy, is the hospital. He can track with the coronavirus. Uh, another friend of mine, uh, I won't name the business, but he works on the railway. He fell ill. Uh, they have something called urgent care. That's just something or alternative to the emergency room. He went there, they said that he had a virus, but it wasn't the corona. Then um, he told me that I was suspicious. So I'm like, okay, what is the name of this virus that you have, but it's not the corona? So I suggested that, you know, he wasn't going to work, and I suggested that, you know, he stay away. Unfortunately, he has to be around his son. He has to be... Um, you know, around his uh, fiance. Um, he also, on the side, sells cars. He interacts with another black male, friend of mine. 
who isn't in the greatest of health has um, has blood pressure issues. He contracted the coronavirus. He also went to urgent care. And again, urgent care doesn't have beds to bed anybody. They sent him home, and he now is in ICU. He's, uh, he had to be put on a respirator. He's sedated right now, and he's going through dialysis. So the coronavirus has basically crippled him. So um, I would say that the report is true. If you are dealing with any kind of illness, this virus will have some devastating effects on your body. But my friend who, you know, was, was, was healthy, you know, he, um, you know, he, he's upset. You know, I, I'm not going to play the brain game. I'm not going to do the whole I told you so thing. So we're just basically praying, praying for this friend of mine. But however, he contacted his employer. Um, he drives trains. And his employer basically says, no, we're not going to give you a 14-day um, period to get well. We need you back driving trains. So jokingly, and it's not a joke, I said, so basically you're about to go to work and you're just you know, just basically walking around and be a biohazard, <laughs> you know. So, you know, this that's, that, that plays into the seriousness of white people as it relates to this particular um, virus. So um, right now, I told him, I said, look, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, go to work if you decide to, you know, wear the mask, wear gloves. Um, I'm not sh sure how many people operate the train when he's on it. You know, I'm not sure if it's one or two, if it's just yourself or somebody else. But um, I would just say, you know, practice um, distance, you know, distance yourself for people. But if other people happen to fall ill because he hasn't fully recovered, the sole responsibility and the fault is placed on the management of this particular company. So, um, you know, that's... That's so far, and that's my report and my experience uh, with different workplace uh, scenarios. Wow. Much obliged for sharing. Hmm. That is, uh, that is terrible. That's what they said with the postal workers. They were saying, you know, our employees going to be compelled to come work for fear of losing their job uh if they you know are sick you know are they as opposed to quarantine and get right don't jeopardize yourself or us uh oh no i'm you know got to make sure i don't get fired we got that performance of you i don't want them to say you know you were slacking a little bit back when the covid thing was going down i don't know if we can give you that promotion <laughs> like really like system of racism white supremacy um Let's see. I took many notes. I thought, I mean, New York City, I thought was like ground zero again, like for biohazard this time. I thought like I have heard literally uh, that different places around the world have said, if you have been in New York City, you are immediately under quarantine. Like, do not pass go. Don't go to McDonald's like immediately. 
you are in quarantine, no hanging out, like, oh, it's just rampant there. Like Thomaston, New York, you cannot come hang out here. Portland, nowhere. Quarantine. What the heck? Like, why is it even discussion about uh, going there? Like, what in the world? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, let's see. The unemployment, they said that, uh, that it was it was terrible getting through. It just wasn't designed for this many people uh, all in one instant uh, to be dialing in for assistance. Uh, but awesome uh, that you were able to navigate with Wi-Fi. Even that's a concern because they've been talking about that, that with education, that uh, you have a lot of black people who do not have uh, Wi-Fi access uh, at their residence. So that can be a problem. And now, especially because it would be, oh, well, there's no Wi-Fi. I can go to the library. Wrong. Oh, there's no Wi-Fi. I can go to McDonald's. Wrong. I can go to Starbucks. Wrong. Like, oh, man, uh, I can go to a friend's house. Wrong. Could be a major problem. Let's see. Sisters a nurse. I played that segment at the beginning uh, on the front lines, they say, uh, in dealing with all this. Another example of black self-respect. We are not going to work under these conditions. This is ridiculous. Uh, and have us. Uh, now, you don't take care of the nurses and healthcare practitioners and they all get sick or devastated. Then what I mean, you know, folks are whining and crying now saying they don't have vent- uh, ventilators like, man, what does that look like? If you have the uh, health care providers all get sick. Um, but that's black self-respect. We're not going to work. We're not going to tolerate this. Get us the correct equipment. We need to be safe in doing our work. And then we can proceed. Spectacular black self-respect. Um, the bad man. Bad health. And folks being decimated, that's where I told you I was surprised. I, I was not expecting to hear that again uh, for workplace racism. But, yeah, it is that important. Uh, and even about the eating out where you said, you know, you go out to do uh, do the driving and what have you doing the routes and things and, you know, discretion about where you eat. Um, I was kind of saying this before, I believe. I think it's in the archives. You all can let me know if I. Uh, and making up stuff uh, using this to just thread lies and disinformation uh, I had been saying like man uh, we should be trying to minimize eating out like bring your food you can have your little cooler with you know whatever goodies uh, that you want to eat that are healthy uh, same thing I said earlier minimizing the number of people who are touching your food minimizing chances for racism um, that would definitely like be the plan like packing food I would have all my little goodies and what have you uh, bundled up whatever I'm going to eat and I probably wouldn't even have too much of an appetite like under these circumstances like I probably wouldn't want to eat around a whole lot of folks <laughs> like, just being just being truthful like man it would uh, it would just kill my appetite somebody cough one time like and I'm going to take a bite of something like eh, I'm good <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah let's just let's just proceed put my mask back on can eat later um, but yeah, the, the health component, just to keep hearing that consistently, people that are in bad health, uh, and being decimated, like, wow, um, taking quality care of ourselves with what we eat, majorly important. Uh, I will say also, I think just from a week ago, we asked repeatedly, even on the Global Sunday Talk, we had people from South Korea, Austria, uh, Canada, 
London on that program. And so we'd asked repeatedly, does anybody know someone like personally who has this? And the answer for the past week had been no consistently. Now, Draftomania said that someone where she works at has it. Apparently, not that she knew them, you know, directly, but it was reported someone who works there got it. Uh, or call in New Jersey, uh, just commented. Uh, and then uh, a former Cows guest, uh, Dr. Robert Reese, he was a PhD candidate at the time he was on the program, 2014. But now, Dr. Robert Reese uh, says that uh, he believes he has the virus, he has the symptoms, and what have you. He's been under uh, quarantine. So that would be at least one other person that we know. Cow's listener, Dr. Reese. You can check his uh, social media feed. He's been writing about his experience. He says he feels like he is in the recovery stage now. He's been getting a little bit better uh, each day. He feels the symptoms are abating. Uh, but yeah, now it seems that we at least have a few people who seems like they do know somebody personally. Uh, other folks uh, who dialed in, if you have a hand up, uh, comments, observations you would like to share, uh, star six one. Uh, if you would like to participate again, uh, red in Ohio asked, she had this meddling white woman wants to help her work from home. Uh, folks have thoughts about how you would deal with that or your own situation. Proceed. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Bay area mom. Oh, thank you. Hi. It gets a little extra at driving, so, yeah. Um, I'm essential. Anyway, I I, uh, I come out to uh, do my walk, just to, you know, because I don't want to just cram up in there, go to the store. I have to wear gloves because um, I don't know what's going on. So, um, as far as work, I, I, I haven't been to work, uh, since last Monday, so maybe whatever that is. And, um, uh, so, um, they, 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 um, the, the, our, our, our company offered, uh, they gave us an uh, extra six hours and they offered, um, I guess you just, you just don't want to, uh, to lose your staff, maybe, I don't know. Um, some people, like one of my supervisors, took a legal absence, a mandatory legal absence. I guess he said to pay the company money. So, as far as me being um, a behavior technician, I need to be supervised to do that. And on top of that, if nobody's working, my my hours aren't. I'm not getting supervised um, to be that being an RBC. I'm not getting the supervisor hours, and that does something to the uh, certification. So I don't know how they're working that. Um, I'm not really interested in going rushing back, even though economically it's a bit uh, harsh. Um, I'm sure that's the design as well. Uh, I'm contemplating on drawing unemployment because I don't want to go and risk my health. It's not that serious. It's to do some of the stuff that the parents could do because it's their homeschooling now. That, you really don't need me to knock some of the stuff I do in with the homeschooling. So, yeah, just, uh, so I'm, I'm just thinking of what I'm going to do as far as a, uh, a shift for a little while because I do come in contact with the younger uh, 
uh, people, and you know, they're like germ magnets, but they always have something. So I'm always protective of the children anyway, regardless of the uh, pandemic. But just now, it just makes you think you're doing a little extra to make it uh, make it believable, and it's just affecting everything. And I didn't know anybody with the coronavirus, but I heard this morning that someone that I know died from corona in Oakland. And um, I don't, I, I, I would just look at it like that. By whatever the strain is from this virus, it does, it's not helping the unhealthy because it's unhealthy. It's a cell, yeah, that. She's already was fighting for advice before. Uh, a year ago, so um, I, I wouldn't say it was from that the way they're announcing it, but I do believe that it doesn't, whatever the strain is that they have COVID-19, it does affect the um, immune system of people that aren't healthy uh, tremendously, and um, that's all, and I'll, I'll meet my line and thank you for taking my call and whoever the, the gentleman was that spoke about his friend. I, I'm sorry that he's going through that, and hopefully he'll get well. I'll, I'll put that out in the atmosphere, and um, I'll meet my line. Thank you. Much obliged. Much obliged. Drive safely. Uh, wow. Uh, I definitely, I think they had said that from the beginning about people with a compromised, uh, immune system. Although I did, I was not, I got a lot more clarity. I'll put it that way. Uh, much more precise detail about what that exactly entails, uh, today over the last 24 hours or so, but definitely, um, for folks that are already compromised medically. And again, you know, it, it, Dr. King's words, uh, we have some difficult days ahead, uh, but with that, using logic uh, and trying to think through this in the most logical manner possible uh, in terms of, you know, what is risky behavior given the circumstances and what quote unquote risky behaviors uh, should you be willing to take, you know, given the circumstances. Uh, And I think that that makes a lot of sense, especially for people. If you have uh, offspring, an attempted family, like there should be a different type of uh, calculus logic in, you know, evaluating what risks, what chances uh, you are willing to take, even for a so-called job under these circumstances. Uh, same thing I said before, you know, you don't want a promotion or sparkling uh, performance review. And then you're in terrible health uh, or no longer in existence uh, to gloat about the performance review or the raise or whatever it is. So black self-respect and just, you know, try to make as best you can under very difficult circumstances, difficult days. Absolutely. Uh, But try as best we can to use logic to make uh, the best circumstances. And if you have to be on an assignment on a job, try to use questions to make sure that the environment is as safe as possible. Uh, to minimize any potential risks. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks who are with us, uh, number again, 605 313 
six four the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate other folks uh, if you have observations thoughts your own situation uh, you would like to share star six one While folks are getting some of their thoughts together, uh, we should be here uh, tomorrow for the compensatory call-in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, We should have, uh, it might be two white guests, minimum one. Uh, Before all of this started, there was explicit overt talk about white supremacy racism. Uh, and these uh, white educators, I think they're in Oregon, no less. I have to double check about that. But they wrote this pamphlet uh, and it's supposed to be to help uh, educators uh, like middle school, high school educators uh, talk to and neutralize racist students, white supremacist students. And so they wrote this uh, pamphlet manual workbook. Uh, to help teachers uh, deal with this subject matter. Uh, and we might have both of the white co-authors, at least one, on the program Monday. Uh, I am looking forward. Uh, we'll have multiple white guests on, even in the midst of a viral apocalypse. Still on the counter-racist grind. Uh, the pamphlet is available, so you can check it out and what remedies they offer for dealing with racist child. But they'll be here uh, on Monday. Should be a hoot. Uh, you can stay tuned as folks are locked down to varying degrees. The cows going to try to broadcast since we have a captive captive audience. Uh, hopefully, providing some uh, constructive information. Uh, same thing that I have been saying. Given the gravity and accusations that black people victims are not taking this seriously. Man, if you do not think you're getting accurate, worthwhile info from the cows, please find another program or something to do with your time and energy. You could be cleaning the windows. You could be cutting your fingernails. That was something Dr. Rossayan talked about, too, having short fingernails. So that's not another uh, source of uh, contamination. Uh, things getting trapped uh, underneath your fingernails for uh, ladies. And the fellas, he said that he was this. These are things that he was sharing with his offspring, you know, that they they already knew this uh, for both uh, daughter. He has daughters uh, and a son. Clip those fingernails vector for contagion right there. Clip those fingernails. But yeah, on the counter racist grind, even under uh, contagion, Dr. Rossian should be coming to hang out uh, soon. Get some of his thoughts uh, as well as the passing of Dr. Uh, Layla Africa, which happened this past weekend. On the counter racist grind, you can check Facebook Black Talk Radio Network for additional uh, information about uh, upcoming uh, programs that are hopefully constructive, worthy of your time and energy as we, you know, wait that wait things out. Uh, see if we make it to the other side. Uh, folks still spectating shouldn't have spectators uh, under a viral apocalypse. Uh, but folks who are with us, uh, there was a question. Uh, Red Red in Ohio did seek assistance. She's got this meddling white woman trying to see if we can finagle them to get her working at home. Uh, Any thoughts about this? Maybe anybody thinks she's on the up and up. 
uh, and it's just trying to offer a helping hand, you can certainly certainly share that perspective or folks on how they would deal with that. Uh, any other folks with their own thoughts, observations? Can I be heard again? Retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, with uh, with the uh, meddling uh, white female, uh, it I, I would say logically speaking, it would come down to questions, questions, questions. Uh, to you know, uh, basically, uh, I I can't I can't think of exactly what what the questions would be, but it, it would basically would describe. Uh, to her on uh, what is her interest into where I uh, work at home or at the job site, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you to be, and I'm sure she, she would if she uh, would ask uh, courteous. You know, it's it's far better to to inquire. Uh, why? Uh, what would be your uh, reasoning for giving me that suggestion? I would assume that being that that person is offering something like that, that it may be a uh, uh, person who is in a supervisor position, but it really doesn't matter whether that person is uh, uh, lateral to her or in a supervising position. Uh, you can still ask questions on why to, you know, kind of like get an idea of why they would be so interested in, uh, well, why would, why would they inquire or suggest, uh, uh, that I, but, uh, Certainly, if one is concerned about that, you should ask questions. Yes. Ask questions. Ask questions. Always uh, highly recommended in the workplace if there's any confusion about somebody's motives for doing something or what's happening, any ambiguity. Make sure that everything is, you know, as it should be. Ask questions. Excellent. But yeah, I would be suspicious until proven otherwise. Uh, Workplace otherwise. But yeah, white person intervening, just trying to be helpful. Yikes. That is generally my response. Yikes. Context of white supremacy. Uh, Other folks with us have comments, observations, thoughts that they would like to share from the Wow, what an incredible workplace uh, environment it has been the last week or so. Folks still spectating. Should definitely not be spectating this week either. It would be we... uh, Dealing with the reduced hour situation, working from home, 
and or they are still requiring us to go in what that looks like this would this would not be a week where the workplace diary would be uh empty there would be lots of things uh to report like wow i would think uh everybody would have at least one question how does this impact our uh pay? how does this impact our sick time off how does this impact our personal leave like lots of questions uh would be asked about things that are happening here like wow <laughs> like uh man and permanent changes uh that's something else like wow uh people could talk about uh 9/11 and do but i mean i i think this will be the ramifications of this i suspect will be uh far greater uh in terms of long-term changes uh, in many environments, I think things are not going to be the way that they were before. Uh, I think it'll be like 9-11, but more intense in terms of, oh, man, remember the way it was before COVID, like that crazy, you know, things that we used to do that is not done now at all. Uh, I could even see that being the case because this has been I mean, it's unprecedented and on a global scale. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, should. uh not be a time for spectating should be some interesting observations and uh, pending on where you are. That's been another thing that's been fascinating is just seeing the variance uh, depending on geographic location. Cause you know, all the different countries have not responded, you know, the same way all the different States have not responded the same way. So that's been intriguing as well. Uh, definitely one that you can learn uh, quite a bit uh, about many things, white supremacy, racism, and other. Uh, let's see. Our caller 0747. Uh, if you had thoughts, observations, you should be with us as well. Uh, greetings, Gus, and all the callers. Um, the uh, One of the things you talked about over the last... Uh, couple weeks was handshaking and uh, I remember in the fall I've always had a problem with that and I really avoided tried to avoid it as much as I could and uh, in the workplace and I know dealing with clients that are probably irritated some people a little bit about that, but I think for what's going on now, I feel a little bit vindicated. I think I started to think about that with the uh, H1N1 uh, situation a few years ago. Uh, I'm still, I'm considered in a uh, essential workplace, so I still have to go to work. But I've always kind of isolated myself anyway, so as much as I could, you know, I eat by myself and uh, bring my own food or lunch. You know, one of my biggest concerns is that I have an offspring that lives in New York City and is working from home now. Uh, concerned about her employment 
what the future is going to bring. Uh, at least at my workplace, initially, they said, don't worry about your income. This was about, I guess, things are moving so quickly that it's hard for me to kind of keep track of time a little bit. But I think it was like maybe 10 days ago or a couple weeks ago. They said, don't worry about your income. It's not going to be a problem. You know, then they had one of these group meetings. You know, they have technology where you can have a group meeting with literally five, six hundred people on a, on a call. Um, and the tenor of the whole talk was different, very subtle, but it changed. It was like, well, you're going to have to talk to your supervisor and see if you really need it. And then uh, if that's not the case, then we'll kick it upstairs and do a further evaluation. But it certainly wasn't reassuring in terms of keeping uh, your paycheck. So that's another concern that I have. Um, but uh, I guess those are some some of my initial thoughts about what's been going on in my situation. Wow. That is a whole lot of folks. Uh, I suspect disproportionately black people, but just being in total chaos and confusion, that is the way racists thrive. That is what the system is about, keeping confusion. Uh, particularly when you it's difficult to even plan for things. You can't even... Forget playing day to day with this thing. As you said, things have been moving so rapidly. Sometimes it's been difficult to plan, you know, hour to hour uh, with things because it's changed so rapidly. Uh, But no surprise there where it starts. Don't worry about your paycheck. And now it's well, we'll have to see if you're needed. Like, wow, that is. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, this, I wanted to add, um, and that's also that's also something I went through too. When 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 the COVID uh, nineteen or whatever you want to refer to the China virus, whatever, um, when it was it first um, was taken seriously uh, in this country, uh, my job. Kind of gave us a kind of you know don't you know don't worry you know it's you know you know the job isn't going anywhere you know um, we made it through the week and Friday boom <laughs> you know we you know we get laid off so it's that uh, uncertainty um, you know and it's they they also kind of played that same kind of. Uh, mind trick with it. I don't know who it was to just kind of like, you know, we were sure that we were going to come to work and we see if they, they were going to need us, if things was going to pick up. Because um, I can say that 
this is the first time in a long time that I've seen uh, white people uh, outside of 9-11 really not not confident, really not, really not knowing what to do day to day. Um, I'm not talking about, you know, your higher-ups in um, government, because uh, even they look like they don't know actually um, how to handle this. But again, um, the world is a stage, and we all can be getting played um, at the end of the day. Uh, the stimulus bill was passed, and at my job, um, it is a union job. So depending on what time you were hired, you might fall into different contracts. So if you have someone who was there longer than you, their contract might be better than yours. So there is, they have might have a max. Where they might have a max of five vacation days, you might have a max of two. And before the new contract that we negotiated just last year, I only had two sick days out of the year. And I'm just wondering if this COVID-19 and this um, rush to worry about people's health, is that going to play a, uh, a greater role in how workers are giving downtime? Because it's just, it, it was just unthinkable uh, that, you know, I have a teamster's job and I work outside through summer conditions, through uh, winter conditions, through all four seasons. And I, I was, at that time, I was only entitled to two sick days. Now it's five. Well, now enough because I'm the dog. So I just wonder when we say things are going to change, is it going to change for the better for workers? Or, you know, once once everything is just settled, are we just going to go back to normal as it relates to how we treat people, you know, on the workforce? Um, that's something that I'm going to uh, pay attention to. You know, as it relates to um, the aftermath of uh, the aftermath of COVID nineteen. Much obliged uh, for sharing. Uh, my apologies. Uh, sad to hear about your work situation, but that is very common uh, around the world uh, with everything that is happening uh and the tackiness of it the as you said the kind of mind trick maybe to get people to come in to work for those few days and do it that way lots of different tricks and and tackiness uh with things um but i i it's it's challenging for me to conceive of a way that this concludes in a beneficial manner for workers like widespread employees like there'll be some sort of mandated uh, paid sick leave for everybody um, you know benefits will be unemployment benefits and things will be expended will be extended 
uh, the people who are in what they are called uh, the gig economy, non-traditional uh, employment opportunities. It's very difficult for me to see that that this will be the type of thing that happens. Uh, I could see an environment where like uh, as a condition of employment for some jobs now, like you might have to have a vaccine for this, you know, or you might have to have uh, medical certification that, you know, you're clear, you don't have this. Um, lot, yeah, I could see lots of things. Uh, Cause it, I mean, if you got all these people that are laid off, like it's no guarantee that they're going to be hired like immediately, like as soon as they want to be right. Like I could see lots of, or yeah, that's easier. I don't see white people discontinuing the practice of racism, white supremacy. So yeah, I think uh, I, I already think I said that. I think it's, it would just be a matter of, paying attention, theorizing about what things are going to change, how are racists going to manipulate uh, this episode, because that's looks like it's going to be substantially more drastic than 9-11. I don't, I don't think New York City was like quarantine when New York City was the epicenter uh, 20 years ago. I don't think it was like, oh my God, quarantine. Anybody who's been in New York, get the hell out of here. Like, you can't stand here. Like, I don't remember that. Like, you know, you're denied access to a country uh, because you were at ground zero and all that asbestos. I don't remember that, like, at all. Like, I think this is going to end worldwide. Like, I just, this is like totally unprecedented. I think this is going to, it's going to be huge. Uh, changes uh, and since we are not in a just world I suspect racist white supremacists will have a strong right hand uh, in carving out what those changes are if they didn't you know engineer all of the that was a word Dr. Uh, Rasayan used today when I spoke with the same word that I said previously experiments experiments but anywho uh, let's see other folks with us for workplace racism we are closing in on having just a little over 30 minutes left in the broadcast uh, if we missed you totally uh, make sure don't wait till the last minute uh, if you have thoughts observations to add let's see caller at Z- 0750 uh, I saw you had a hand up I'm just checking are you listening yes. did you have commentary Um, I guess just quick observations, um, not necessarily from my workplace, but a few other workplaces that I know about. um, The grocery stores um, down here, uh, one major chain in particular, has decided to install um, plexiglass. I don't know if this was mentioned before. I I missed the clip at the beginning, Um, but they're installing plexiglass um, barriers between the cashiers and the uh, customers, and they're encouraging um, six feet of distance when customers come up to line up because um, um, according to whatever PR does for the the grocery stores, they're saying that some of the employees are concerned about um, being inundated with um, customers and being exposed so frequently with very little opportunity to... Um, maintain like a healthy space between them and the baggers and the customers. So that was one observation um, that I noticed. And based on the article that I read, it was supposed to be done. It's supposed to be done within two weeks, which seems like a very quick turnaround. Um, and then um, a family member who works for the school board, an educator, um, was informing me that 
they were notified about being paid through the remainder of the school year, um, regardless of whether schools reopen or not in this area. Um, schools, um, by the way, I don't know if I said it before, I'm calling from Florida. Um, schools here have been closed up until a specific date in April, um, but online learning, distance learning has to begin on this Monday, March 30th, with a grace period of, um, you know, trying to reach out, contact families, do, they're not calling it attendance, but like a check-in to see which students have access um, to online um, avenues of learning and then following up with those who you haven't heard from by the end of the week. And then the following week, first full week of April, being actual um, online learning. And um, the, this family member has already stated to me that they've decided that even if schools do reopen the physical buildings after the mid-April date, they are going to use their sick time because they've amassed, they've been in the district for several decades and they've amassed a number of sick days and they said they are not going back regardless of what the district decides to do because they do live with someone with a very highly compromised immune system and they don't want to risk it, even though they themselves are not unhealthy. They're in that age range um, over over um, 60 and they live with someone with a compromised immune system. So they've made that personal decision. Um, and then the last um, person I was speaking with um, is working for Amazon, not in this state, but they stated that they were they received a, an email confirmation a week ago stating that they had unlimited um, unpaid unpaid time off that they could use and that the message the letter that was sent out was framed in such a way to seem very considerate of um, the workers but that's like a guy's um, in the conversation I was having with this person they were saying it just seems like a way to have a public appearance of actually um, doing something when, in fact, people who are not well, if they willing to take their time off, they should be afforded something better than unpaid time off, which will, of course, create issues with um, paying bills and things like that. The same company, I believe, um, Amazon, for certain workers, um, has decided to hire an additional 100,000 staff is what they're saying, and increase the uh, minimum pay to $17 an hour, but that is for the very laborious work, like the really hard work, the ones where they're usually working closely with other people. So that's hazardous. So they're enticing people to, to, to these jobs without matching it with the type of benefits that really puts their health um, you know, on the forefront. So, I mean, of course, some people will, will need to take whatever opportunities that are available, but um, as you mentioned before, having black self-respect and making sure you're thinking of yourself, your family, your health first, instead of taking up an opportunity where it may end up being to your detriment in the end. And, um, you know, well, one, I guess personally, I'll say um, building where I work is closed. However, we are expected to work remotely. And I have just been inundated with consistent emails 
from all over the place, all times of night. Literally after midnight, 3 a.m. in the morning, afternoon, Saturdays, there's emails constantly. And I, I, it, I do think one of the things that's going to change forever is um, people being expected to be accessed by their jobs all the time, which was already starting to happen. I know some of the other callers mentioned being given cell phones or devices where they could be reached at all times. I just feel like this is going to be an excuse now to blur the line. These so-called eight-hour workdays are now going to be 24-hour workdays because you'll be expected to be available and respond at any moment. And um, that's what I'll share. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to share. And I'll meet my mind. Uh, just real quick, I didn't want to, you know, take up a whole bunch of your time or anything, but just why, why, why do you think that would be, that this will push along uh, we got access to you anytime. If you're on the clock, away at the office, away from the office, we'll have access to you 24 hours. Why is this going to push that? Do you think? It just reminds me of. Uh, I think it was in the when when there was the um, recession of the, I think late 70s or the 80s, and companies realized that they could they had to scale back and work with skeleton crews, just a few people working the same types of jobs, giving one person multiple roles, and companies realizing, oh, this works. So when the recession had ended in that time period, it's not like companies started rehiring. They just continued to work the skeleton crew um, uh, that they had. And so it's like they learned that, oh, they could put more on the backs of the worker and still produce because people are, they want to keep their jobs, they're willing to work harder, longer hours. So I just feel like nowadays, even before this pandemic was a was a you know an excuse, a valid one, but an excuse. I feel like jobs were trying to find ways to access workers around the clock. So instead of having an eight-hour workday where once you clock out or you go home, that's it. The 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 boss, the supervisor, clients, customers, students, whoever can still contact you and you are expected for good customer service to respond within a certain time period. So that leads to people not even realizing that they're working all the time. That was it. Oh, no apologies. I think it was just background echo. That's all. Someone caught. See, someone coughed. I hope they uh, cover. Do the elbow cover. So it goes, you're not spreading a vector for germs, they say. That is interesting. I have to think about that. Too. Or I guess maybe other people can share as we continue to, to add folks give their views and such. Um, are people being, is this being used? Like because this is considered such a big emergency, is this being used as an excuse for uh, employers to contact you, like to text you or call you directly uh, when you're not on the clock to talk to you about things or expect that you'll, you'll be right there at the ready to respond to them and chat it up for however long they need you. Like, I don't, if it is like, wow, that's, that's horrible. Um, that, yeah, that, that would be horrible all the way. Uh, let's see, uh, number now it is less than 30 minutes. Uh, number again is six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five, six, four, nine, four, three pounds. Press star six one if you would like to participate. 
especially folks if we missed you totally. Yeah, we heard. Greetings, caller in Florida. Back to back, caller is in Florida. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to just the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, there's too many things that uh, that I noticed from this week that we have had reduced schedules. Like, say, I work three days, and we'll get paid for the remainder, like Thursday and Friday. And then next week, it'll switch. I'll have to come in Thursday, Friday, and get paid from Monday to Wednesday, so they are splitting up the uh, the department uh, as far as I know now, and they are opening up a drive-through uh, that they haven't opened up in quite some time. So from uh, what I'm noticing, it seems like it's kind of stuffy and, you know, kind of muggy down there from some of the people that have been down there. But uh, I have uh, a few reports the first one is, I don't think I said this one, but I was coming down from one of my late uh, uh, mail carrier routes, and there was a uh, there was some decorating going on by the black female supervisor that just started not too long ago, and a white supervisor, I mean, a white female supervisor, so. They were decorating for, I guess the occasion was for a wedding, I guess, like a wedding child for a white woman. And I was like, you know, what is this? You know, what did you do? You know, what's going on here? I said, well, you know, we're decorating, we're decorating. And so the white woman, she said, we're making a basement great again. But she kind of like paused. She said, we're making a basement great again. Like she almost didn't want to say it, but she's like, oh, you know, they just come out and say it. So, like, a pause after that. And then uh, I said, when is this happening? She said, oh, it's going to be on a Friday. This was before all of this started happening with the COVID and whatnot. I wanted to share that one. Um, my second one is there was a, a phone call that I got from a, it sounded like it was an elderly white woman. All right. So she said that, and it, okay, so while I was talking to her, like, you know, you get that background person, and apparently that was the husband in the background. So I guess they hadn't been able to get in contact with anyone, and they were seeing that there was some kind of a report sent down on an officer. So I looked up either the officer name, but first I looked the, her husband's name, I was like, you know, ma'am, I can't find anything. So she was saying that they were in a, you know, in a uh, supermarket. And this guy was picked up. She was describing him as fragile and frail and uh, in his mid-60s. And this guy, hulking uh, officer with distinct uh, tattoos, him and another person, I'm suspecting these are uh, race soldiers. She said they had these tattoos, and this guy was headbutting them in the nose, blood everywhere. Like, uh, and she said the guy was just, I guess, frantic and concerned about catching the virus or whatever, because this person was uh, 
projecting out bodily fluids onto him. Like, you know, it's not saliva, everything. Guys, you know, uh, salting him or whatever. So he said, the person, he said, do you want me to get on my knees and call you God or whatever? So um, the racism comes in where she said that there was a, a black male and a white woman that witnessed it. Uh, and she said that the white woman said, oh, this is ridiculous. And now even me as a dignified white woman, I'm not safe. So she said the black guy said that, so I don't even know if it'll be, <laughs> I don't even know if it'll be safe for you to come back to Newberry. So uh, she said she was calling them rogue cops, rogue cops. And she kept talking about the tattoos and how, I guess, uh, Newberry is not like how it used to be. So she was just kind of, as they say, all over the place, kind of scattered and uh, kind of going on and on about it. So I ended up sending it to the uh, legal counsel in the area. And when she got off the phone, got off the phone with them, she said that, wow, I was just in there talking, and the person, he just would not shut up. And she said, oh, man, no wonder he, he, no wonder he got beat up by the police. Uh, he probably tried to hit him first. But I said, well, from what she described was that the person was, like, in his mid-60s, and it looks like he was traumatized by the physical assault. And he said, well, even if he is, he had a big mouth. So I'm like, this is this is the mentality. Now this is you know a so, uh, so-called attorney talking like that, and basically saying, oh, you know, no wonder he got beat up or whatever. So she ends up leaving and not going about her business. Um, uh, our next one is there was a uh, a white man who was in the area. He was uh, just finished talking to the black female supervisor. And as I'm walking up to go do some work, he says uh, something about catching my cooties or something like that. And I say, so so I guess I'm the one with the virus, huh? And he responds saying, oh, no, really, it's just uh, blank over here. He pointed to the white person and said, yours is not worse as hers. She's COVID-21 and I'm COVID-27. So I said, oh, the higher the number, the worse or whatever. And he said, yes. So <laughs> I'm like, like, what does that even mean? Like, how does that make sense? And he says, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just kidding around. So another example of a white person not taking the serious. So uh, later on that morning, there was a mayor ceremony where I had to be a witness in, and the couple, the black couple, the soon-to-be bride, turned to the security and said to the sergeant, oh, uh, I'm looking for my friend, you know, just, just let us know uh, when you see us so she can come in because we have to be secure in how, uh, you know, who we let come into the uh, lobby. So she described it as, you know, it's a black female. And he says, oh, well, we have a lot of black females that come in here. And so he starts chuckling. So I turn around and I go back in. <laughs> I go back inside the the office. All right, so they end up finding the witnesses or whatever. 
So I'm like, what was that actually implying? Um, I have one more. No, no, two more. Really quick. The last of the two, I was dropping, no, I was picking up some envelopes. Uh, and they've provided me gloves, by, uh, by the way. I was picking up envelopes. The white woman, now this is a quick member now. She stops and looks in my direction and she says, oh, that tray right there, that is a specified tray that's an uncontaminated area until there's no one in research for the marriage licenses because she has to bring those to the black female supervisor. Okay, so the uh, research area consists of mostly black staff members. So she said that and uh, walked off. So that was one that was a very interesting one, the act of racism. And my last one is there was a, another white woman uh, who was talking about her ancestry. And she brought, because she comes from upstairs, and she starts talking about that all of a sudden. And, um, she said she said to her husband that you got that dang Yankee blood in you. You got that Yankee blood in you because, I guess, his uh, lineage, I guess, of people who stay in the northern states. So, obviously, this person, Confederate flag or whatever. Uh, but she said she, when she was going to high school or middle school, that the principal gathered all of them in to the auditorium and said, now, I want you, you students who have these, uh, these fists, these, um, fists, I guess some kind of a picture or whatever, fists on your pocket, just pull them out. And so now, if I get any of trouble out of any of you, you're going to come to my office and I'm going to show you what black power is. Okay. And then so after he addressed, I guess he was talking to black students and saying, you white students, don't you be laughing either because I'll whoop your ASS too. So she said she was scared of this guy or whatever. But I think that was an attempt to get me to share my views, but I just kept asking questions to get her to spill more or to disclose more. Um, but that was pretty much all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. How interesting. A ruse to get you to share your views. That is pretty common uh, with white people. Sometimes they just want you to talk uh, about things. So they might say something provocative or what have you and see what this nigra has to say. Hmm. It's always, in my view, always recommended stay in the question lane. Not making statements. This is not, especially at work, is not the time to make speeches and, you know, rattle off your opinion on, you know, the COVID-19 response or anything else, really. Uh, let's see. Why, now, we, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Now, I don't know. Maybe Florida doesn't have too many of these cases. I'm not sure. It's probably sunny down there, so at least they got warm weather. If you're going to hang out at home and you got 80-degree weather, maybe things are a little bit better. Um, but these white folks are, like, quite jovial. Uh, and attack, like, we got... Just, just looking at the list here. So we got, uh, we got the black lady or the female comes by and she says, "Hey, I'm looking out for my friend. She's a black female. Just be on the lookout." This is all. <laughs> we got a whole lot of black females come through here. 
Now, these subtexts, I remember you had the one before when it was a group of black children came through. It was, oh, we're going to teach you about responsibility. Now, this is what happens when you commit a crime. Look at here. That was the black children came through. These little comments that they make when they have visitors to the courthouse, how visitors are treated. Now, it could have been, hey, yeah, we got, you know, there are some black females that work here. So that's what it could have been. But that sounded like another one of those, like, oh, yeah, what do you talk about? Custody disputes, restraining orders, you name it. We got black females that come hang out here. Maybe I'm wrong. But it was a whole lot of these little tacky uh, jokes. Now, see, we had the COVID joke last week from a whole lot of people. They said in their job that uh, white people were making these little tacky uh, one-off remarks related to the Chinese virus. Now, it just continues this week. Then we got a different person who comes, oh, we got COVID-21, got COVID-27 in the corner. Oh, oh watch out. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, people are dying left and right, and, you, and you're making nicknames. You start off with the black person, and then, oh, no, I'm not racist. That's COVID-27 over there, see? I, I, I do this to everybody. It's not you. Well, you are COVID-21. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. It does not, even in viral apocalypse, it doesn't get any better than tacky. Uh, let's see. The the tackiness continues. We got the exchange, the white woman, I guess, when she came in and they're talking about this uh, incident, enforcement official, and uh, I guess it was a black male in mid-60s uh, or something, in police terrorism. Uh, enforcement uh, enforcement officers so they're talking about this incident and then the white woman I get the attorney rather be specific so the attorney says yeah he deserved to be beaten he's got a big mouth does <laughs> a 60 the, these are the population that they say are vulnerable right now like man the old folk with <laughs> a 60 year old deserved to be beaten because he talked a lot Wow. Racist woman, racist man. Renat, that's how she thinks about a 60 year old black male who was traumatized after being beaten, terrorized. What does she think about regular old black people? 40, 20, 15. <laughs> like, wow. And he deserved. This is the attorney now. Deserved. To be, it almost sound like I want to sock him myself. Like he talks so much. Like shut up, talk to a coon all day. <laughs> really? Like that's the attitude of the attorney? Like really? Wow. Sit, racist woman. President Trump didn't get there alone, and we went went back to back. These sound that sound like a Trump supporter right there. Trump won Florida. Sound like another white woman Trump supporter. What she said. Now they went down. I was confused at first because he said they were doing a wedding shower, and I said, "What in the world? How are they doing social distancing?" He said, "Oh, this was an earlier." One. I said, "Okay, okay." So they go down for the wedding shower, and he says, "The they they're getting it together." And this is we're making the basement beautiful again, <laughs> and they take the pause. Oh, they didn't get. Oh, I'm so funny. They didn't even get it. Woo! And like, this is just all day at the courthouse. White people just get their Louis C.E.K. on all day. I just got my little racist jokes. I'm just ready to roll. Just got one about COVID. Got one about anything. Ready to roll about these coons all day long. I'm just looking for my opportunity for a racist joke. 
system of racism, white supremacy. That's why I said four more years, they can talk all they want about, you know, they don't like how his COVID-19, or excuse me, they don't like his Chinese virus response and he should have been quicker and he didn't take it serious and all the rest of it. The end of the day, four more years. No doubt in my mind, four more years. Uh, Let's see dignified white woman I heard that too when they were talking about you know the beating of the 60 year old black male uh, who deserved to be beaten apparently that this dignified white woman said uh, that she didn't feel safe I don't know if I need to come back to this part of town as a dignified white if I heard that correctly like wow to even make a statement like that a dignified white I don't even know what that means like a dignified I've never even heard that before someone identify I am a dignified white woman or man like wow that would even what is a dignified white woman like lay that one on me explain please let's see I'll pause there just we have about 10 minutes left in the broadcast, but we've had a number of folks who have been identified as the virus as well in the past few weeks. Uh, we heard that one. Uh, I think some of the folks who called in uh, previously had, Oh, that was you. You said they pointed the lasso bottle. <laughs> that was you, man. Yeah. System of racism. White I don't know if she's a lot, a, of, a lot of different ones. Of course, of course. No shortage of white women at the courthouse. That is their stomping ground. I don't know if she's in the clique or not, but yeah, that is system of racism. It is black people. We are the contagion. We are the virus. Always. Like, yeah. <laughs> Consistent to hear that week to week. Man, much obliged. Caller at the uh, courthouse remains. PhD study in the system. Uh, we have so now it's less than 10 so 8 minutes or so uh, left 7 really uh, left in the broadcast uh, any other final comments folks want to make sure they get in uh, responses meddling white woman or anything else that stood out check one more time again, uh, we'll be here tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, compensatory call-in. We'll review an amazing week uh, in the system of racism. Wow, we uh, hope everyone is getting through as safe as they possibly can uh, in these times uh, and still able to check in uh, at least remotely or as you can uh, on other victims of racism. Uh, help out as you can uh, if they need a roll of toilet paper that's something that you can run and leave it at the porch and then run you don't even have to run you can just walk give them away from six feet and keep it trucking that's helpful supplies whatever it is if you know some folks they can't get around as easy if they're in the uh what do they call high risk group they're older they got compromised immune system because they've been eating bad food uh for the you know bulk of their time on the planet uh, you can help them out again. Leave some supplies. You can run, go back your safe distance, and tell them to keep their cooties to themselves. Um, any other folks' comments before we wrap up? Everybody satisfied?
we'll assume folks are good for the week. Uh, we might be broadcasting this Sunday as well. I'm not totally sure. Uh, might be one you'll have to check. Maybe I can update tomorrow if we'll be here uh, for Sunday. We should be here Monday, though. Uh, white guests uh, looking forward, as I said. Uh, it's white women. Uh, but they wrote this report on uh, dealing with, it's supposed to be to help you neutralize uh, budding young racist children uh, in the public school system, like middle school age, uh, like 12, 13, 15, somewhere in there uh, to help neutralize them. So uh, I was fascinated. That was, I first heard about this, like prior to all of this happened, presumably these folks would not be in school right now, but I still want to talk about this report. That should be Monday. Uh, the report is available online. I'll link it so that you can read it. Uh, if you want to prepare, have some questions ready. Uh, we've been talking a lot about asking questions this evening. We do that regularly for workplace racism so it's always good to get in a little practice time uh, with questioning white people this Monday we will get down 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific uh, if you are on restricted work duty working from home that was good to hear Colin Florida said that as well that they have kind of a reduced uh, schedule somewhat even a drive-through now uh, if that is the case well then you'll have more time where you can listen take some of that time away from Netflix screen time and you can do some constructive listening uh, counter racist activity uh, with that much obliged I hope it was worthy of your time and energy again we don't want to be wasting time we got a lot of problems uh, and important things happening worldwide right now uh, too much to be wasting time uh, with that sobriety would be best under conditions of racism keep our brain computer working well so that we can follow logic efficiently in addition to being sober let's be buckled every time we are in a vehicle driver or passenger uh, if you are behind the wheel you are sober buckled up not on the cell phone if you got the cell phone contraption, you got to use it. You got your headset and all that so you can keep your eyes on the road. Hands at 10 and 2 on the wheel, as I said, with everything that is happening all around the world. I think South Africa, they're about to shut down for a number of weeks. The entire so-called country. Uh, with all of this, you do not want to be out and about and give any excuse to be stopped. Uh, they're talking about you might have to have papers to even justify why you are out on the road. You definitely do not want it to be, oh, man, I had to pull you over because it looked like you were, you know, had that cell phone and weren't paying attention. With that, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up.
The man has programmed my condition. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 